Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go with a great show lined up for you on this Thursday as we're a a step closer to the Labor Day rematch. We're going to... Talk all things Rough Riders and CFL. This is the best time of year, man. I'm Michael Ball, along with Blaine Weiland. I should tell you the show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Sean is away because it's his son Casper's second birthday. And my other brother from another radio station, Chad McDonald, it's his son Cash's fifth birthday. So September 7th, coming up aces around here in terms of producing children and offspring here uh, at Harvard Broadcasting. Yeah, so I'm here, Blaine Weiland, on the other side of the board. It's going to be a double dip for Blaine because he's going to be uh, steering the ship tomorrow because I'm going to Winnipeg and Sean is going to Saskatoon, so Blaine's going to be holding down the fort. Um, yeah, my favorite time of year. So you've got CFL, and we're coming down the backstretch here, Blaine. It's awesome. You've got uh, U.S. and Canadian college football. we got a big junior football game here with the uh, Regina Thunder and the Saskatoon Hilltops. Thunder haven't lost the game in the regular season in over two years. You've got Pat's Hockey Training Camp. Uh, NHL camps are starting to percolate here now. And, of course... Major League Baseball playoffs, and oh, isn't it great? It's like Christmas here. The NFL season gets going. If you're a football fan, you got to love it. And it starts tonight, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. So let's start there at 936-6262. That's our text line brought to you by the Capital Auto Group. Who do you like? Who's your Super Bowl matchup and maybe your winner? Super Bowl matchup and winner. What do you got there? Um so I've compiled the list. I've been going back and forth here, uh, Blaine. So I've compiled the list of uh, my division winners and everything like that, okay? So here we go. Seven playoff teams each side. The uh, We'll start with your division because or your conference because that'll be the easy one. Back in the day, the NFC used to be the gauntlet, right? Like it used to be, that was a graveyard. You could, it was, they'd beat the hell out of each other. And I know the NFC dominated the Super Bowl too, but it was a tough uh, conference to get out of. Now... Nope. Now it's pretty easy. I was going to say the NFC Championship was the Super Bowl back in the day with the 49ers and the Cowboys yeah, and then the Packers. Yeah, it was. Generally it was until until uh, the Broncos came on the map and kind of, then it kind of flipped. Uh, so the N- the AFC is going to be hard. Like There's going to be a couple of really good teams that don't make the playoffs in the AFC this year. So let's go NFC here. Uh, let's start with the worst uh division maybe in the entire NFL. That's the NFC South. I... Okay, I, 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 it was so bad I couldn't remember the other two teams, but I've got the other two teams now. So let's go. Oh, this is going to be tough. Everybody's buying the Falcons because of they've got some really good talent on offense, but they 
they also have a really quote-unquote easy schedule as we look at it right now, the first day of the season, right? And sometimes you can be a prisoner of the schedule and look too far ahead. But I got the Saints. They've got the best quarterback in that division, Derek Carr. Um, I think they're going to win that division. I got the Falcons second, the Panthers third, and the lowly Buccaneers fourth. How do you have that division shaken down off the top of your head? I didn't ask you in fairness before. The only... The, the surprise team, I think, in that division is going to be Carolina. Okay. I really think they're going to surprise some people. I think it's going to be them and the Saints in the mix. Uh, not I'm, the Falcons? No, I'm not as high as on the Falcons. as mm. They do got some top-end talent, but I'm not sure about their depth and their defense as well. But and Ritter at quarterback. And that's right? the other thing, too, a quarterback with a lot of question marks. And I agree that the Buccaneers, I think they're going to be in the running for... Uh, but that is the worst division in football because you've got Derek Carr... And then just a bunch of me- just a mess at quarterback, the rest or unproven quarterbacks, Bryce Young, Ritter, NFC North this year. I don't know. Okay, well, I, I, the, I, yeah, I don't know about we'll that, that one. Line. Okay, so we got the South. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the North then, since you were there. I've got the Vikings. They won't win as many one score games as they did last year to go thirteen and four. But it is Kirk Cousins' walk away year, so I think Kirk Cousins has a pretty good year, and I actually like him more now that I watch that Netflix docu series. I think the Vikings will win that division. I'm not as high on the Lions as everybody else, but I think they'll be in the mix. So I got the Lions at two. I got the Bears at three, although I'm not sold on Justin Fields yet, but he does have a lot of talent around him, so he has to perform. And I don't think Jordan Love's going to be as bad as everybody thinks, but let's be honest. The Packers went from Favre to Rodgers now to Love. I don't think three's the charm for them. I think they, sorry Zinger, but I think they take a step back. Yeah, I agree for the most part. I would probably flip the Lions and the Vikings. I'm jumping aboard the Lions. Okay. I think the... You like Jared Goff and uh, what they got going on. I like Hamilton, their OC. I like Gibbs. I like St. Brown. I think when Jameson Williams gets back, they got the potential for a very explosive offense. Montgomery's their running back, even though it's a... Highly, a lot of change of running back. They were Swift and Williams last year. Now they're with Gibbs and Montgomery. But I think I really like the line in their defense. I think that they're going to surprise some people defensively. Okay, so let's go to the uh, NFC East now. Okay, I got the Eagles. The Eagles have a really good roster. They got a tougher schedule last year. They had an easy schedule. They got a tougher schedule, but they got a nice stable of running backs. I like Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he's a good leader. They got some good receivers. Uh, they play in a tough place to play. So I got Philly one. Uh, it was a coin flip, but I'm going Dallas too. Uh, uh, Dallas is a really good defense. They got some good players on defense. And if their receivers and quarterback can stay healthy, and that's a big if, they've got the second best offense in that uh, division. So I'm going Cowboys two, Giants three, Commanders four. What do you got there? I agree, but I think the gap where it's going to be tighter is the Eagles and the Cowboys. I could even see the Cowboys leaping over the Eagles, but. That's a regular season playoffs. No, okay. So, so I, and I, I, I'm not going to call you an idiot for that because I think uh, I shouldn't call you an idiot, but also because I, I could see that too. Like it is kind of a coin flip between, and the Giants. Who knows? Like they got Saquon Barkley. Will Daniel Jones, who got paid a lot of money for doing not much, yeah. uh, will he take a step forward, or what will they do there? That's going to be real interesting to me. Okay, let's get to your division. Okay, now this is a, this is, a, I don't want to say a no brainer because. I still want to see more from Brock Purdy. Nobody knew much about Brock Purdy. I'm not going to say he's no good, but nobody knew, or a flash in the pan, nobody knew much about him. But you have so much talent on offense and so much talent on defense that, let's be honest, Brock Purdy doesn't have to win the game himself as long as he doesn't screw it up. So I got them one. 
the forty or the uh, Seahawks have a really good O line. They've got a really good D line. They've got some great receivers, Metcalf, Lockett, and they picked up a young guy too at receiver. I forget his name. Ohio think, State, yeah, yeah. They get that young kid, um, and they're pretty. They're starting to get that defense the way Pete Carroll likes it. Uh, I just I'm not sold on Geno. I don't know if the, the, in that division will Brock Purdy do what he did, and will Geno Smith do what he did? If they do. Those are playoff teams for sure. Then I got the Rams further back, and then, well, the Cardinals are a grease fire. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I think the Seahawks will get in, especially with the fact they play four games against the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, I don't think, that's a good point. I think that's what's going to push them in there. So if I'm looking at the playoffs right now, I got the 49ers uh, in no particular order. I got the 49ers, and I've got the Eagles, and I've got the Vikings, and I've got the Saints. Now, my three other playoff teams are the Seahawks, the Cowboys and or the Eagles, as you said, and the Rams or the uh, sorry the Alliance. That's who I got. So those are my seven playoff teams. Would you be okay with that? I'd be okay with that in some form or fashion. I'd say the team I would say outside looking in has the best shot. Honestly, I, I really like the Panthers. I think okay. they'll, they'll be pushing. I think whoever's okay. that seventeen, so they could be the surprise team. Yeah. And I've got the 49ers and the Eagles meeting in the NFC Championship game. With the Eagles winning, but who knows? I I'm never usually right. If so, the 49ers are not down to their fifth stringer, I like their chances. Okay, okay. Uh, now in the AFC, I've got. Let's start in the South again. The Jags are the team. I, I I'm not overly like they're good, but I don't know how great they are. But that's a terrible division. So I got them first by. You know, then it's the Titans. Maybe they, you know, things if if the Jags run into injury problems, Colts and Texans. I still think the Texans will be the worst team in that division. What do you got there? I think the Texans are going to surprise people and finish second. Oh, okay. I really like CJ Stroud. I like Will Anderson too. I think that was a great move to pick up Will Anderson to get that second or third pick. Yeah, I'm. I like CJ Stroud as well. So I don't think they're going to be. A playoff team. I yeah. think they're going to be like a 6-7 win team, and which is probably going to finish second in that division because I think I'm not high on the Tennessee this year. I think they're starting to crash and burn this year. Okay, I've got the Bengals in the north, uh, but it's going to be tricky because uh, can that O-line hold up and will Burrow be okay? I mean, he missed all the training camp. Looks like he's going to be okay. I got the Browns a close second. They've got a great defense. They've actually got some good players and I just don't want to cheer for the Browns because Deshaun Watson is apparently a horrible human being. If you know, he paid off all that crap of those women. Then I've got the uh, then I've got the um, Ravens and then the Steelers. I'm not sold on Kenny. Is it Pickett? Kenny Pickett at yeah, quarterback? Pickett, yeah. I'm not George Pickens, the receiver. Kenny Pickett at quarterback. I got Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Steelers. What do you got? I probably flip flop Browns and Ravens. Okay, I like the Ravens a little bit. Just it's hard to Jackson. And just because it's the Ravens, you know, they're always consistent, and yeah. and plus Lamar, yeah. I think Zay Flowers will add a little bit to their receiving core. As I well. think this is the year that Jim Har, uh, jo- uh, John Harbaugh gets fired. I think that he, I know he signed an extension recently, but I think this is when he gets fired. I just don't think it's going to work. I think it's got to be a bad year for him to get fired. So in the East, the AFC East, which might be the toughest division in football. I've got the Dolphins finishing first. I've got it. That's now a big question mark if Tua can stay healthy. I've got the Jets finishing second. I've got the Bills taking a big step back, finishing third, and the Patriots fourth. What do you got? I got the Bills at first, and then 
Dolphins, Jets. Okay. I, I Just for the Jets, it's their offensive line I'm worried about. I'd be concerned about. Other than that, hmm. if they could solve that problem, I think they'll be okay, but I think it's the old line's going to cost okay, them. So I've got uh, now the AFC West. You'll laugh, but I the Chargers have the most talented roster in that division. Their problem has always been coaching mistakes, and can they stay healthy? I think this year, the addition of Kellen Moore is going to be real good for Herbert. Uh, I've got the Chargers one, the Chiefs two, the Broncos might win seven games, and the Raiders suck. So that's what I've got. I'd probably flip flop top, but I I'm I don't think it's that big of a stretch between the Chiefs and the Chargers. I don't think that's the a Chargers always find a way to charger it. Listen, I'm not gonna sit here and say they won't probably find a way, but I do think if this is the year for them to break the AFC stranglehold in terms of division title, I think that's the where it's gonna go. So here we go. My playoff teams LA, Dolphins, Bengals, Jags are my division winners. Then I've got Kansas City. Jets Browns I think I could see three teams out of the AFC East uh, yeah I could see I that, could see that too. There, there is going to be two there's going to be the Chiefs and Chargers uh, yeah that's right. So, think. so, so, Chiefs and Chargers. You got you in your mind. You've got the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins all making the playoffs. Yeah. So then there's then there's got to be the Jags, which is obviously yeah. uh, uh, the division winner, and, and the, then the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But but that but that highlights just how tough the AFC is going to be. Like the Ravens could miss. Oh yeah. There's the good. Chargers could miss. Like there's a there's going to be a good football team or two that miss the playoffs in the AFC. Absolutely. Definitely the strength, the power does lie in the AFC for sure. Anyway, how do you feel? 936-6262. You could call uh, that number or 1-866-767-0620 or text us 936-6262. It's the NFL Lidlifter tonight, the Kansas City Chiefs. And Blaine loves the Detroit Lions. I like their unis, and I picked them tonight against the spread at 4.5. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brewhouse at 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage 936-6262, the number to text or call locally or 1-866-767-0620. Lots of football talk on this show. High school firing up today. Got Pete Pasco, our high school expert, who also coaches at Sheldon just after 3.30. One of the guys that's been real good for the Rough Riders, he's been a journeyman, spent some time at the Red Blacks, a couple of seasons on the Bombers practice roster, but he has been a godsend in some ways, on the offensive line for the Rough Riders. Eric Lofton and our own Blaine Wyland uh, had a chance, along with other reporters, to catch up with him. So, Eric, have you really, you feel you found your stride playing at left tackle over these last few weeks? Um, I wouldn't say yet. Just just trying to get comfortable and do whatever I can to help the team out, whether it's right or left tackle. But it has been nice playing the same position for, the, let's say, extended period of time. Is there a big difference when you switch over from right tackle to left tackle? Just, just getting the equilibrium down. You know what I mean? Like, because it's like everything becomes the opposite hand and foot first, especially in like pass protection. But and in terms of your confidence, how much has it grown since like early on in the season? Uh, I've always been confident in myself, but it's just like I said, it's just nice playing next to the same people for more than like an extended period of time. So, I think we we we're growing confident as a group. How much do you appreciate the opportunity that's been presented to you this season? Oh man, I tell them thank you every day. I'm just I'm. <laughs> Very grateful that SAS brought me in to compete 
and they're trusting me to protect the quarterback and be a part of this whole line. So I'm just extremely grateful every day to come out here. What was it about here that enticed you to sign here? Well, man, well, I've been around, and I know <laughs> coming here, it's always tough to play. As soon as you walk out that away tunnel, you look up and it's like, oh, yeah, like, Sask is crazy. Everybody's passionate. Um, of course, the opportunity to compete and really just be part of, a, I want to say, like, something special that's going on out here. Was that really driven home this past weekend with all the craziness that occurred yeah, it was on wild. and off the field? Wild. Being, like, being on the other side of it for the first time was amazing to experience. And we were truly playing to some of the best fans in the world. What was the perspective like on the other sideline once upon a time? I don't know. I don't know about those guys. I don't remember. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, it's always tough playing to say where, where It was tough. That's so weird to say that like, on the other side. But... It was tough playing against us because it's such a big rivalry and it means so much to the uh, to the two places. But, you know, luckily I'm on the, I'm on the right side of things now. Uh, is it significant to, to you to be playing against the Winnipeg uh, this weekend given your past association with them or playing against them again? Or uh, playing there? I mean, for me, it's just I try to take every game. Like it, might, it could be your last, you know what I'm saying? Because like as you as you see through my career, I've had like stretches where I play, stretches where I don't play. So I, I I'm really never been afforded the opportunity to try to treat games more important than the other. But it it's definitely a it's cool to go play champions in their place. So I, I'll give you that. Be on the other side of it. These guys have been to three like three straight Grey Cups. That's unheard of. They're champions for a reason. So it's nice to go play them in their house. You obviously practiced against a lot of those guys last year. Did they bring it that defensive line? Did they bring a different challenge and and in what they bring to the to the D-line? Man, yeah, I mean, start just starting on the outside, you got Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffco, and you can make the case that that's the best defensive end duel to ever play up here. So I know I remember last year playing against them every single practice. was It was monumental for me because it helped me grow as a player. And then uh, you go on the inside, they still have even, they have even more great players. Ricky Walker's having a great season. Jake Thomas has been great for a long time. Cam's good, and they're deep too, so. Just their whole D-line together. They're a great defensive line. In terms of an offensive line facing the same D-line back-to-back weeks, do you think either has an advantage, whether it's the O or the D-line? I mean, I wouldn't say we. there's like really any advantages, but there's just a lot more opportunities for both sides to study each other because now we, can just, we know exactly what you guys did last week. They know exactly what we did, and now it's just going to be who can adjust and who can improve their play. How what? hostile will... Saturday's game B, do you think? Oh, it's going to be terrible for us. But, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely going to be hostile, just like it was hostile for them coming to our house. I mean, like I said, they've been the three great cups. Those fans are passionate about their uh, team. And it's going to be extremely tough to go in there and play, but we're up for the challenge. How do you deal with the crowd noise? Just try to mimic it as best you can. I know we just went into the uh, we just went inside and practiced it for an extra 10 to 15 minutes just to practice not being able to hear anything. But, what kept you at it during those years where there was one team and then another team? What was it about this game, this sport, that fueled that desire? Uh, really, it's just my love for the game always kept me wanting to keep playing. But then also, I grew to love Canada. Because like at first, like a lot of guys down south don't know how amazing of a country this is. And they're just like, when you get here, it's like, oh, man. It's cold. It's cold as hell. But <laughs> it's really nice. Like, the people are really nice. Every I feel like every city has been passionate about their team. You can go to like grocery stores and everybody's pretty nice to you and it's just that you want to be a part of it. And so it just you always feel like, man, I gotta get back up and I don't care what team it is.
That is Eric Lofton, who will be lined up as an offensive tackle in the Labor Day rematch. Hey, the CFL and CFLPA have issued a joint statement in regards to air quality affecting a game going forward. An independent third party will be brought in to test air quality and provide measurements in real time. Any measurement above an air quality index of seven will prevent or halt play, which I thought that was the case at the start of the year because we had the green and white game called off because of that. But... Once again, the league isn't flush with cash. When you have to cancel a game and everything, it's a nightmare, not only logistically, but money-wise, refunds, all that type of thing. But uh, the CFLPA, not too happy with the league in that Calgary-Edmonton game. Um, I was a little concerned about our game, too, but things did clear up and apparently it was safe enough to play. Interesting. Yeah, it's just been crazy how much of that's been a factor this year. As you said, started all the way back in May, and here we are in September, it's still the same well, story. Well, it's going to be, and it, it tell you what, man, the way things are changing... Uh, I'm not going to get into this whole climate change BS, but the way things are changing, uh, the, the it's undeniable. Like forest fires, they come every year. They've come every year for, but they are coming earlier, and it's been a longer situation. So we're going to have to be aware of that. And not only this year from Saskatchewan, I believe that we had a major one. It's all from like Alberta, I BC, know. Northwest Territories. Yeah, so who knows? Usually when we it, get hit in June. Yeah. So who knows when our turn's going to happen? Anyway, we will take a break and be back in a moment. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. The Kansas City Chiefs begin defense of their Super Bowl championship tonight, taking on the Detroit Lions. I haven't seen if uh, Travis Kelsey's going to play or not. There's some thought that he was. Uh, have you heard, Blaine? Last I read that uh, there's reports that Kelsey's pleading with Andy Reid and the team's co- training staff to play tonight. No, he doesn't have an uh, ACL injury, but he does have a deep bone bruise, I guess, or bruise. Yeah. Or they still say bone bruise or hyperextended knee. So uh, I, I doubt he'll play. Uh, I, I put money on the uh, Detroit Lions at playnow.com. I picked them. That's a four-and-a-half-point spread, so I'm taking them. Uh, we'll talk to uh Ben Whiting about that and CFL talk just after 4.30. Decorated ice dance duo Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer and mixed martial artist George St. Pierre were among the 2023 inductees into the Canada Sports Hall of Fame today. And uh, what else can we tell you? Oh, we mentioned this, but we'll... Uh reiterate it. The league and the CFLPA issuing a joint statement in regards to air quality affecting the games going forward. An independent third party will be brought in to test air quality provide measurements in real time. Any measurement above an air quality index of 7 will prevent or halt play. Of course, the Players Association not happy that the Edmonton-Calgary game went on. They demanded players get taken off the field, but uh, they weren't. They went on with that game, a 35-31 win for Calgary. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. And Tish joins us in Kelowna. So did you dodge the uh, terrible wildfires there? Well, uh, it was a little bit close for a couple of days, especially with that wind. The neighborhood beside us was on alert, so we were definitely uh, on high alert for a couple of days. But when the the wind died down, we watched um, the firefighters and all the stories and uh, were able to stay in our homes. But it was definitely a scary, surreal couple of days for us over here. Yeah, no kidding. I have some friends there, too. They had to evacuate their homes, but fortunately, everything's good. Uh, all right, so let's Great. talk about, uh, we, we're here to talk uh, uh, health and uh, lifestyle. Uh, you're our expert. You've been doing it for over 30 years. 
Um, and as we get older in anything in life, uh, I always like to ask guests questions. What would, what would this Tish Duffy tell younger Tish Duffy that's getting into the uh, fitness world? So I'm going to ask you that. Is there anything or any nutrition tips that you'd like to give yourself, your younger self, now that you know more? Yeah, I mean, obviously with training, lots of people over the last 30 years has has helped me figure out sort of the five or the six key things. And also, you know, by just doing trial and error things for myself. But um, I think the the one thing that I've really, really recommended to a lot of my clients, not just for weight loss, but just overall better health and sleeping better is try to go to bed on an empty stomach. I always encourage even just to go to bed feeling a little bit peckish like you don't really want to eat a full meal but you you could go for that snack but instead uh, of not going for that snack you just have a warm tea or you have a big glass of water I know it doesn't sound that entertaining but if you can go to bed feeling a little peckish you're going to sleep way better but also it's going to get you up eager to start your day to actually have a really good fueled breakfast. So that is one of the one things I've really recommended, especially for people who are just trying to get rid of a couple of extra pounds. That really is a key uh, habit to get into. And I think one of the other really important things to do is to make sure that you're incorporating a protein shake in your day. And I think the timing of that shake is also really, really important. So, you know, I try to encourage my clients to have like a big 30 grams of just a whey protein or if you're vegan, there's lots of vegan options to put in just water, shake it up with ice, drink it about midday, like 3, 3.30 if you're having dinner around 6, that gives you lots of time to still eat and, and enjoy a good meal at dinner. But that evening meal should actually be one of your smallest meals. We we kind of have it backwards in Europe, in you in the in Canada and the U.S. In Europe, when I lived there for a year, they actually do the opposite. Their smallest meal is in the evening when you don't really need the calories, you don't need the energy. So if you have that 30 grams of protein midday at like 3, 3.30, you're going to tend not to be over hungry and overeat at dinner. And so that, that meal at, at night is going to be smaller. And again, sleeping better, getting up and eager to eat the next day when you need the fuel in the morning um, is are the two things that I would recommend. All right, so you have five or six, and much like you just mentioned there, eating small, we give our listeners information in small bits so they can absorb them. We'll get to the other three next week. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Michael. Have a great day. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Thanks to them for getting on board. You can catch uh, all the sports action under one roof, including tonight, Monday Night Football. They got their great menu, like the candlestick fries. Blaine and I went out for a meal together. He loved those. Uh, the the uh, jalapeno poppers. Got great wings there. Uh, so uh, go check it out in the big game tonight. Uh, the NFL, Lidlifter, Kansas City, and Detroit. Just ahead of the Riders injury report, let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast. Western Pizza, our friend... Pete Pasco, who is the uh, host of Halftime Huddle in our home games. He's also uh, the host of Locker Talk going into what? It's 20, what season is it now, Pete? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it started with uh, some co-host. I can't remember. Yeah, that guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. That would be you uh, in 2001. Okay, so we're on 20, year 22. Uh, wow. Yeah. Kicking butt, Pete Pasco. Uh, that's on Access. It wouldn't last. That's, yeah, they said it wouldn't last. That's on Access now, and it uh, airs on Wednesday, and then they replay it. And then, of course, uh, he's a, a football coach over at Sheldon. That's why we got him on mainly. But before I get to that, just your uh, thoughts on what we saw and what we're going to see this weekend between the Riders and the Blue Bombers. What we saw was a great game. It was entertaining. It was back and forth. And uh, obviously the the fourth quarter and the overtime were sort of sit on the edge of your seat type of scenario. It was great. Jake Dolagala just, uh, he's still not a 100% polished CFL quarterback. I'll put it that way, but he's getting a little bit better every week. And I I guess that's all you really want at this stage. Yeah, you can't. I mean, really. Um, I actually, I was gonna, I was thinking about doing this, and maybe we will uh, rank the CFL quarterbacks right now as they are. You'd have to think he's probably in the upper uh, upper echelon now. Uh, just a thought on Pete Robertson and uh, and going forward, and and is are they the big bad nasty dirty riders? Terrible culture. My goodness, no. Um, <laughs> it was dumb. Yeah. Uh, we've covered that uh, enough times. I think the punishment was. Suitable. It fit the crime, in other words. This is not a guy with a track record of being a dirty player or injuring other players. He messed up, and be the first to tell you he messed up, as he did yesterday. So have him do the time and uh, just get on with things. Well, obviously, the Winnipeg team and the Winnipeg uh, media are making a lot out of this because you know they're, they're looking for a win in the rematch. So, yeah. I, I, I can see them uh, being apoplectic about it, but uh, the fact of the matter is, Kalaros wasn't injured, not severely, mm. and probably not even a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's not the sort of thing where you want to mess around hitting guys in the head when, when they don't need it. So I think it played out the way it's supposed to. In other words, Pete Robertson's getting a one-week one vacation from playing, and, uh, and the Bombers feel that justice was served, I hope. So Jaden Dahlke is not going to play because of a knee injury. Colin Kelly's out with a knee injury, and Evan Johnson's out with a foot injury. Those are three huge injuries for the Rough Riders. Jackson Ford stepped in admirably in the second half, made a great game-sealing play along with Micah Johnson. Um, I don't see... Yeah, C.J. Revis is going to probably play, judging by this injury report, so they'll probably use him at safety at times and then have to juggle there. So, Jackson Ford's going to have to be on the field in some defensive formations. Funny you should mention that. Uh, Jackson is an alumnus of Campbell Collegiate, but he's also got uh, some family connections to our team at Sheldon. So uh, he was out last week to talk to the kids about, you know, his journey to the CFL and hopefully inspire them a little bit. Then he went out and played the game of his life so far in the CFL. So uh, I was joking him a little bit. You should come back and uh, talk to the kids at Sheldon every week. Well, actually, he was there like a couple nights ago helping out uh, coach the defensive backs. So so you couldn't be happier for a kid like yeah. that. This guy making pro money. Uh, he's on his rookie contract, so let's face it, he's not wealthy yet. But he's a professional football player, and he's coming back to help out a high school team. That, that speaks volumes to me about the character of the kid. The for, young man. Yeah, before we get to your... Uh, game tonight. Uh, let's talk about some of the other ones going on. We've got uh, Winston, Noel, and Campbell. Noel's supposed to be a good team. Do you uh, like them uh, lining up against Campbell tonight? I do. Noel's a veteran team. Uh, they've got a very experienced coaching staff as well. 
Campbell is still pretty young. They struggled last year, and I think they're not going to be a ton better this year, but they will be better. So, yeah, I, I like Winston Nolan that one. All right. How about uh, Riffle and O'Neal? My uh, nephew's the quarterback at O'Neal, Carson Brooks, but uh, Riffle's got a powerhouse team, I think, this year, at least a, a very competitive team. I think your nephew's not going to have the best night of his life tonight. <laughs> um, anyway, no, Riffle's a good team, and uh, I I expect them to to knock off O'Neal. O'Neal, the inside word is they've got a lot of young guys, a lot of uh, a lot of enthusiasm, but not a lot of football playing experience on their roster. Ooh, okay, that's never a good recipe when you're going against a, a really a solid squad. Speaking of solid squads, how about the Miller Marauders against the LaBoldis Golden Suns? If you were looking at powerhouse schools over the last five, six, seven, eight years, those would be your two. Yeah, those are them, and it's going to be a rematch of last year's city final where Miller pretty comfortably knocked off LaBoldis. I expect them to win again. I expect them to repeat as a city and provincial champs, quite frankly, but I'm interested. Uh, LaBoldis had a terrible first half of the season last year. They were not very good, and then they, they turned it around. They got things going, so maybe it'll be a pretty competitive Pete, matchup tonight. Pete, help me out. How did this happen? When I was when I was coaching high school, when I was playing high school, uh, Miller and football, they were kind of hot garbage. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, they they struggled in the smaller schools conference, and then they gradually, gradually, gradually built up to where they were one of the stronger schools. Then they went into the 6A, the bigger schools conference, and they were not good at first. But they gradually uh, built up the program. Uh, they got some great young players coming in, and uh, they're at the point now. And I guess high school football cyclical. There will probably be another dynasty in another couple of years at another school, but for right now, it's Miller. Yeah, for sure. And you were over at Sheldon coaching with your son, the running backs, which is great. Your lawyer son, Jacob, uh, which is uh, Jake's a good guy, and uh, he's smart. Hey, how did he he, he get your brains? I I keep trying to remember what our mailman was like around that time. <laughs> uh, no, he did so. Like I, said, like, like I said, people ask me, how's your kid almost 6'2"? I said, you know what? Don't care. He's mine now. I've bought and paid for him. Uh, Pete, yeah. it's great that you guys can uh, share a bonding moment and do this and coach kids. Uh, what's it going to look like tonight? You're playing Johnson. I think that's a team you played in the semis that beat last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was a real, oh, we the scoreboard got a real workout that game. We won 5 nothing. Um, <laughs> I expect another defensive struggle, quite frankly. I know Johnson graduated uh, quite a few kids on, on their roster. We graduated some pretty important guys on our offense, so we're still kind of finding our way on that side of the ball. It'll be competitive. I, I just don't know if there'll be a ton of scoring. Pete, this has been fun. Good luck tonight. Uh, enjoy the evening. It's always great watching or playing high school football. Now, is your game at Liable or over at the big stadium? We are We are the nightcap at Liable at 730. Nice. All right, man. Have fun. Okay, thank you. That's Pete Pasco joining us, our host of Halftime Huddle, Locker Talk, and an accomplished amateur football coach. We'll review the Riders' injury report, talk some more football. It's that type of, uh, time of year when we start seeing the leaves change. We know it's football full-time almost. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Michael Ball along with Blaine Wyland. And, uh, yeah, it's been a great week of shows here, man. We've we've uh, got a lot of people talking, a lot of people tuning in, and a lot of people uh, 
not happy, which that's in radio. That's a good week of work. Uh, long as they can spell your name right, that's what my old broadcast professor David Jell used to say. Just remember, just remember, as long as they know who you are, then you've done your job and they spell your name right. Uh, this shows for the Canadian Brew House and their new summer feature menu, including the jalapeno popper dip, hangover helpers, the new candlestick fries. Blaine sucked those up like a vacuum cleaner the other night, and so many other flavors, features, and cocktails. And we got the Thursday night game. Uh, coming up tonight, Kansas City and Detroit. Our text line's powered by the Capital Auto Group. Blaine, you got a couple of texts there we want to get to? Yeah, we got some NFL predictions. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's coming from Guy, and he's... Or, uh, or sorry, this is from Howie. He said, hey, Ballsy, don't count with the Steelers. They're sneaky good like our riders. And oh yeah, Bully Ball is back okay. in Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. I'll leave it that way. And... Uh, sorry, I just... Yeah, that's fine. Slip, skipping through... Uh... Uh, I lost count. Okay, find him. We'll get to him. Okay, so here we go. I want to get to this, man. Um, The Riders injury report. They have Nelson LaCombo, questionable with the knee, didn't play last week. Albert Awachi, knee, but it looks like he was practicing and he's out there. Uh, CJ Rivas, hamstring, but it looks like he'll probably be good to go. Thomas Bertrand, who don't, an illness, he'll be good to go. Justin Herdman-Reed is out with a quad uh, quadriceps injury. Um, We've got Colin Kelly out with a knee, gone for the year. I'm not sure. Did they tell us how bad Dalkey is hurt? No, he didn't get anything. uh, Okay, his dad was telling me it was probably a meniscus thing, but they haven't had an MRI yet, or they were going to have the MRI, which he did. Uh, so he is out. This is a big one. Evan Johnson is out with a foot injury. Of course, he limped through that game with a foot injury. Kelly goes down. Johnson has to limp through, because Bandy has to come in, and then Furlan gets to bounce over. So it'll be interesting to see. Like They've got Charbel DeBeer, who has 99 and 57, two jerseys. He can be an emergency Um Offensive lineman, if they need him, I'm sure they don't want him in there. Um, we did, we had a closed practice today, so I don't know. Like uh, Philip Blake's been practicing, but he can't, he's not coming off the sixth game. He still has that pec injury. Mason Fine still not playing because of the hamstring. Godfrey Onyeka still out with the pec. Jake Winicky, a healthy scratch, will not play. And Frankie Hickson, questionable with an illness. So how do you think that old line's going to shape up? Lofton and Council on the tackles. And then we're going to have Bandy Furland on the guards, and then Godbert in the insides. And with Charbel DeBeer backing up. That's, yeah. That's walking a tightrope, isn't it? Yeah, they're they're looking in tough for this week. Yeah, definitely don't need any more injuries on the old line. Yeah, that's that is for darn sure. So uh, there you go. All right, so the uh, ringer, the ringer came out with their uh, top quarterback rankings based on things like timing, accuracy, arm talent, pocket presence, decision making, creativity. Okay, the top graded quarterback at ninety seven point one is Patrick Mahomes. At number two. With a 94.9 grade, according to them, is and their experts, is Josh Allen. Any idea who the third one would be without cheating? I would guess either, my guess would either be Burrow or Herbert. It's Herbert at 94.8, Burrow at 93.7. I'm thinking Herbert gets the nod because he's got a stronger arm than Joe Burrow. That's yeah. probably what yeah. they would say. At number five is Lamar Jackson. They say he's a one-person starter kit for a top-10 offense. Uh, Lawrence comes in at 6. The generational prospect has blossomed into a generational talent who will continue to climb these rankings. Number 7, still Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron. Rodgers once bridged the gap between the new generation of quarterbacks and the old guard, but he can no longer hang with the young guys. So he's at 7. 
This one is the surprising one to me. They got Dak Prescott at eight. That's what? way too high. Where's Jalen Hurts? I've, He's at 10. Wow. He cannot be. A, Jalen Hurts cannot be behind Aaron Rodgers or Trevor Lawrence. Like, I think he's. I think it should go Hurts, Lawrence, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, they got in the top 10 still, I said D- Dak Prescott. And the other guy they had at nine was Matthew Stafford. Uh, I mean, we're talking right now, right? Yes. Yeah. See, I can make the look. Uh. I was going to say the Hurts Lawrence argument I could somewhat make. I, I definitely think Lawrence is going to step up this year as well. But yeah, you're right. Hurts is way too low on that. Here's record. the here's the funny one. Do you know who they have at eleven? Who do you think they put at eleven? Ahead of Kyler Murray, ahead of Geno Smith, who they've got ahead. Russell Wilson's nowhere to be found. Kirk Cousins fourteen. Tua Tungavailoa at fifteen. Jared Goff sixteen. Russell Wilson seventeen. Derek Carr eighteen. Ryan Tannehill nineteen, and Daniel Jones twenty. I bet you'll never guess who they put at twelve, uh, eleven behind Jalen Hurts and before injured Kyler Murray. Oh, there's a lot of names I was going to guess that you mentioned there. Uh... And here's what they say about him. Keep a place for him just in case. Tom Brady, Vegas Raiders, because he's an owner of the Raiders. They, 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 and he's friends with Josh McDaniels. They work together in New England, so they've got him at a. Isn't that? Oh, oh that is a that that almost ruins the list for me. Absolutely that, does. That, 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 that's not very credible. Like that is not very credible at all. If you throw him in there, that that's that's a joke. But with that in mind, trying to bring it back to local and CFL, I quickly just off the top of my head jotted down the nine quarterbacks that are starting for their respective teams right now and where I would rank them, okay? At number nine, I've got Powell, Taylor Powell in Hamilton. At number eight, I got, he started well, but has crashed down earth. I got Crum at eight, Dustin Crum. At number seven, best athlete on the field, but still trying to figure it out passing the ball. I got Trey Ford at seven. I got Cody Fajardo at six, but he's not much higher than Trey Ford, to be quite honest with you. I think I put him there because of his resume. Now, this is one where people might laugh. I put Jake Mayer at five and Jake Dolagala at four. Like if I was buying stock, I'd be buying. I like Jake Mayer, but he's just kind. Of, he saved his season and saved maybe his starting job beating Edmonton. There, I've got Jake Dolagala though at four. He's beaten BC and Winnipeg. I've got VA at three, Chad Kelly at two, Zach Claros at one. Do you have any disagreement with any of those? The one might be four and five. I put Kelly ahead of Claros at number one right okay. now. Um, Claros two, Adams three. Uh, it depends in terms of how much he's taken the whole... You know, the more I think about it, I don't think that Dolagala for is that crazy, to be honest. I no, like it isn't that... And, and that, listen, I gotta... I am behind Jake, but just think about that. This is a... This is a... This is a guy making his fourth start coming up here, and he's... We both agree it's not ludicrous to put him at four as the starting quarterback in the CFL right now. Absolutely not. I mean... Going to Fajardo, Cody Fajardo, I mean, at six, you're right. I think the gap between, I almost would think put Ford ahead of Fajardo based on his recent couple starts. I will tell you this right now. If Cody Fajardo, if I had to start a team right now, I would put Jake Dolagala at starter ahead of Cody Fajardo. Absolutely. And I wouldn't put Cody Fajardo much ahead of Trey Ford. 
right now. In fact, if I was, if I had to win one, yeah, you know what? I'm doing that. I'm putting Cody Fajardo at seven, and I'm putting Trey Ford at six. Because if you ask me, ballsy, you got to keep your house, and one guy has to win you the game. I'm picking Trey Ford. Going with the better athlete. That's what I'm doing. Yep. Anyway, this is the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Yeah, I'm in the big chair here with my buddy Blaine Weil and Sean Kleisinger is off. His son Casper's having a second birthday and my buddy Chad McDonald's son, Cash having his fifth birthday. Happy birthday to Cash and Casper. Blaine Wyland sitting across from me. He's all decked out in his 49er gear. You swear the 49ers are playing tonight there, big man. First day of football. I just felt <laughs> like I had to celebrate oh, my Oh, wait a minute. First day of NFL, NFL football. football. Yep. That's right. Yep, and yep. you need to say that because you're our rider beat reporter. So that's your... that's uh, oh, Plus college football, too. Yeah, you're a good guy. You And hockey and everything else. You're the, you're the, you're the digital content guy and uh, one of the hosts here in the sports cage. And, of course, a great... Uh, Operator too, former voice of the Estevan Bruins. As a matter of fact, um, Blaine, you got something on the on the injury note there for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a big one here. This helps me out because I bet I bet before the line dropped. Yeah, it's reported right now because the official report will come out, and I believe at the bottom of the hour, but that Travis Kelsey will not play tonight. He's going to be sitting out for week one. Oh, nice. Okay, so you got a text for us at 936-6262 as it relates to the Riders. What is it? Yeah, going back uh, from Ryan, he's asking Ballsy, what's your opinion on Big Jake, and do you think he can be our quarterback of the future? Um, I want to see a little more to see if he'll be our quarterback of the future. I think that's just um, just normal to say. Uh, uh, hey, I'll tell you what, he's uh, done a lot. He's done better than I thought he would. Uh, he, uh, Early on, I thought, okay, wildly inconsistent and doesn't process that well. That that was kind of the couple of knocks of why a six foot seven quarterback would be here. But he he runs when he has to. He hasn't got us into trouble. He's processed well. You like to see him take the next step by not just maybe going to his first read, but second and third read. He's got a strong arm. Uh, needs to work on the accuracy a little bit. But hey. Uh, he's only in his fourth start, and I just listed the quarterbacks right now. I'd put him at number four in the league for starting quarterbacks available right now. So I'm uh, I'm buying some Jake Dolagala stock. There's no doubt about that. All right, uh, hey, let's get to this while we can get to it. Okay. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between, this is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Okay, I'm going to get to the basketball in a second. I, I just want to end, I want to get your opinion on this, and then, I'm, and, then I'm done, and then I'm done talking about this, okay? This is what I've been talking about all along. Yeah. I'm not against Pete Robertson getting a one-game suspension, okay? Fine, it's done. Tyrese Beverett headbutts Andrew Pearson of the BC line. So we're not talking three years ago. We're talking one day before Pete Robertson does his boneheaded thing. 
And Tyrese Beverett, from what I see, hasn't been suspended or anything. There's been no supplementary discipline. My my problem with this, once again, pick and choose justice. What's a headbutt? What isn't a headbutt? Is one guy's safety more important than the other guy's safety? I call BS on that. Okay, so let me let me um, take the discussion another way. What do we have coming up tonight, an hour or so from now? Well, we got the Thursday night game. Opening night, NFL. Yeah, opening night NFL. So, let's say Aiden Hutchinson of the Detroit Lions, five, six seconds after the play, long over, headbutts Patrick Mahomes right in the head and he falls down. What happened? Well, he hit hit the marquee quarterback. What if Aiden Hutchinson, not what if Aiden Hutchinson, five seconds after a play, and there's a skirmish out of bounds and he does it to. Isaiah Pacheco. He might get a fine. There there are rules for quarterbacks, and there's rules for everybody else. And that's garbage. That's pro football. And that's garbage. That's garbage. Beverett, Beverett, Beverett. We could debate that. Beverett was late. That's just how it is. Beverett was late after the play on his hit on Pearson. It wasn't a football play. It was after the play. Knocked his helmet off. You're going to tell me that Andrew Pearson's health is less important than Zach Kolaris' health. In what world is that right? No, it's not. It's not. But I'm just telling you, that's how pro football works. And where there's a lot of eyes on it. And see, see, situation. see, see, there you go. There you go. There's a, there's a huge problem I have with sports in general. Okay. We talk about fight. Totally. We talk about fighting and how <clears throat> we need fighting in hockey so they can police themselves. Well, if you actually called the rules the way you're supposed to call the rules and a cross check in October is a cross check in May, then that's what happens. And guess what? Your team in the Stanley Cup playoffs Ballsy, is going to be played. Forget October and May. Forget October and May. It's called differently with five minutes to go in the third period than five minutes to go in the first. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Rules are rules. Yeah, and, it's all and, nonsense. And it's it's the same thing with what I said about, and I'm using the CFL as an example here. Uh, you have rules for how you're supposed to wear your jerseys and your socks, but some teams can, guys can wear different colored uh, socks, or they can wear their socks down, or they can roll like Javon Leak does, rolls his uh, pads, his uh, jersey all the way up to underneath his uh, chest plate, like James Wilder Jr. used to do. It's ridiculous. Here's here's the bigger issue: is that what the CFL has now let everybody know is that it is open season on quarterbacks. And it's just going to cost you a game. So let's say we're, excuse me, late in the season and you're a team vying for the playoffs and you know you may run into Winnipeg, Toronto, Sask, whatever. What's preventing a player from taking out another team's quarterback knowing, okay, well, I'll miss one game check? I am not saying that Pete Robertson didn't deserve the fine or the uh, suspension. What I'm telling you is... Let's call it let's call it even here. Let's call it fair here. Let's see some let's see some balance, some consistency, which we don't see. Okay, but what about the day before when there was a headbutt? You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, no, I absolutely. You were on this one, man. Uh the PAs had had an issue with the Calgary uh Edmonton game with the smoke. Yeah, of course they were. Like uh, the, it, it, this has just become such a pattern in the Ambrosia regime of just having little to no regard 
for the players whatsoever. Like you, you say we're going to play under these rules. Well, Aussie, why even turn the lights on at the stadium? Just have the guys play in the dark. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and talk about some uh, historic things happening where you are in Manila. This is the Sports Cage, and this is Coast to Coast for Smart Investing Solutions on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Well, our clutch performers every day are the guys at Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give them a call, 781-1077. I make myself the clutch performer because I bet the Detroit Lions uh, four-and-a-half-point spread. So I did that before Travis Kelsey was ruled out of today's game, or he will be ruled out of today's game. So uh, he is not the clutch performer. He can't be the clutch performer, but I am, Blaine. Four-and-a-half points. Oh, it's so good. That's your clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Let's turn our attention to something that's, uh, man, it's 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 awesome. Canada beat Slovenia and we're off to the semifinals. I believe we're rash for the first time ever. First time ever. Into the final four, they are guaranteed to play um, in at least the bronze medal game. So first thing in the morning, 4.30 a.m. Eastern Friday, it's Canada and Serbia in the semifinals. Winner of that likely gets USA in the gold medal game. Ballsy, it was amazing. Um, they beat Luka Doncic in Slovenia, and after it, they barely even celebrated. It was on to the next one. And I asked the captain, Kelly Olenek, about it today, and Olenek's point was, we came here with two goals. One, to reach the Olympics we have. The other was to win the World Cup. We didn't come here as a goal to win the quarterfinals. And they they have themselves a laser focus right now through this. And it's crazy to think they are a win away from playing for the world championship in basketball. It's amazing. No, it's not crazy because you predicted it. You said two weeks ago they'd be uh, standing in the championship and I think you even said they'd win. So yeah. so you're there. You're right there. It obviously isn't because you thought you saw it coming and you also said, watch out for this Gilgis Alexander guy and you're right on the money there too. Tell you what, um, against, like, I mean, all eyes, it was Luca versus Shea and here comes Gilgis Alexander scoring he becomes the first player balls in three decades, 30 years to score 30 or more points and have double digit rebounds. He had more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds. His efficiency is off the charts. And, you know, you know, they talk about quarterbacks, not needing to have a heartbeat. Like Gilgis Alexander is just so steady through all of this. And I tell you what, he's NBA all first team. He's going to lead Canada to a medal. It's just a matter of what color. Um, he's going to get my vote for Canada's athlete of the year in 2023. Yeah, that's a good one. I, you can't argue with that for sure. Normally, you know, we, it goes to more, uh, I don't say popular sports, but more popular to Canada, I guess. But that, that narrative is changing too. Anything about this tournament or Canada's play or a player that has uh, surprised you or I don't want to say shocked you, but surprised you, piqued your interest? The guy I was I was most intrigued with coming in, and I'm most intrigued with now. <laughs> excuse me, hasn't changed. It's Dylan Brooks. 
because think of the NBA playoffs and getting LeBron to draw and has the, I don't know, the reputation of being a villain more than anything else. Well, he's shown in this competition that, like, the villain part is second fiddle to how well he defends. Like, his Canada's coach, Jordy Fernandez, said what he did to Doncic was a defensive clinic and belongs in the FIBA Hall of Fame. And I asked Brooks about it today. I said, what is it that, you know, gets your juices pumping about playing defense and doing it here for the national team? (laughs) And he said, look, I love the challenge of getting the best player on the other team to lock up with, to defend. He said, I really like the FIBA game and how different it is and that challenge about it. But he said, there's very little in this sport that can give you more satisfaction knowing that because of the way you play defense, you're making your opponent second-guess himself. And he said, that's what I've been able to do in this tournament. And Canada, over and over, goes with Brooks and then Lou Dort off the bench to guard their best guy. And to me, that's been one of the really cool stories. He's not just a persona anymore. He's a damn good basketball player, too. Hey, before I get uh, your take on NFL, because it starts tonight, what about uh, Manila? Have you done any sightseeing there? Muhammad Ali had a big fight. Yeah, the Thrilla in Manila. We have been to a couple of different venues. We haven't been there. That's about 30 minutes outside of the city. They are basketball. It's basketball crazy here. Mm -hmm. Like, basketball is the number one sport. Manny Pacquiao is a huge deal here. Uh, my good friend Mario, who I'm traveling with, he's our camera operator for Sportsnet. He's saying, you think Pacquiao may show up for the final? I'm like, yeah, I think he just might. Um, it's a huge city. It's crazy traffic. But uh, it's a really neat place. And I much prefer here than Jakarta, to be honest with you. Wow. But I, from a basketball standpoint, crowds are packed. And they love the NBA. There's a huge NBA store in the mall beside the venue. And I was, you know, laughing to myself. I'm like, I wonder when the next CFL store is coming into Manila with Randy's CFL 2.0 project. <laughs> hey, uh, um, where does this event rank on those uh, that you've covered? Because you've been to many different sporting uh, events. You know, Balti, I was asked this the other day, too. I think that one of the coolest parts of this is it's the coming of age of a program. You know, for the longest time, people wondered what if. What if all the NBA guys committed? What if all the stars aligned for the summer? What could this be? And, you know, that imagination has come to life, and we're seeing it. They're in the Final Four. They have an opportunity to play for a medal and to have a front-row seat for all of it, for, for the start, for the launch, for the takeoff point. It's been awesome. Awesome. Hey, are you buying the Detroit Lions stock this year? I somewhat am, but I'm not all in. Um, I, I don't know, like, unless they go, what do they have to go, 13 and 4 to reach expectations? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, yeah. But, but here's the thing. Who scares you in that division right now? Yeah, I think your Vikings are. Uh, I think your Vikings are still going to have a great year. I don't know that they're going to win all those one uh, score games, but it is Kirk Cousins. Walk- the ordinary, or maybe a little above uh, ordinary. But that's yeah. it. No, yeah, you know what? Kirk Cousins has a walk away year here. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a big year. And I actually, after watching that quarterback docu series, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Kirk Cousins. I I like him, and I think they'll be uh, they'll be half decent. 
And I don't know. I don't know that Jordan Love is not going to like. I think he's going to be better than people think. Yeah, I'm with you there. Here's my <laughs> the last time I made a prediction on your show about football. <laughs> I told you Taylor, Taylor Cornelius is going to be MOP. So yeah. grain of salt. The team that intrigues me the most that no one's really paying attention to, the New Orleans Saints. Mm. They finally have a quarterback for the first time in a while. And Derek Carr comes over, and John Gruden, his former coach of the Raiders, was working with him throughout training camp and the preseason. You talk about a winnable division with Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay there. I think New Orleans has a real shot, and they have like the second or third easiest schedule in the league. I think New Orleans has a real chance to make make some noise in the NFC. I think Kansas City will benefit from an easier schedule, which is remarkable for a, a Super Bowl team that they got such an easy schedule. Um, that, that's gonna, you know, I, I think they're probably the odds-on favorite. Although, uh, I wonder if Joe Burrow can take that next step in the AFC. And and uh, I think if the Chargers and stay healthy, and that's where I'm going. If he can stay healthy, and if the Chargers can stay healthy, I think they could make some waves too. But that's always a big if. And Jacksonville. To me, I think Jacksonville, you know, again, winnable division with Tennessee and Indianapolis and Houston. Trevor Lawrence in year three. Calvin Ridley's over there now after serving the one-year gambling suspension. You know what Jacksonville did in the playoffs, Bulls. They don't have to tell you. Um, can they take the next step? That's that's a question. I too. think the three quarterbacks that take a step back are Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, and Trevor Lawrence. I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence. And Brock Purdy, like, it's Super Bowl or bust in San Francisco for a second-year kid who was the last pick taken in the draft. No no pressure, Brock. No pressure at all. <laughs> hey, man, you had a hot take. You said Canada would be in the final, so let's see if you're right. Thanks for your time, man. Always a great debate. Awesome. Thanks, Baldy. Time now for your sports ticker brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. 781-2090. The Riders injury report is out. These are the big ones. Colin Kelly, we know, is going to be out for the year with legman injury in his right knee. Jaden Dalkey also has a knee injury. He is out. We don't know the extent. Evan Johnson, who limped through the game with a foot injury, will not play in this game against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Those would be the three big injuries. Speaking of injuries, Travis Kelsey will not play tonight when the Kansas City Chiefs open defensive their Super Bowl championship taking on Dan Campbell the colorful coach of the Detroit Lions and his football team from the Motor City Jays are off today they open up a key series against the Royals key because it should be a free space in the bingo card but uh, they lost uh, one game against Oakland they got a big one coming up against Texas Rangers here after that Kansas uh, Kansas City Royals freebie on the bingo card and uh, yeah that's basically all we need to tell you right now for our sports ticker the sports cage is your voice for football not only in the province but around canada this is the sports cage cfl report a look at what's happening in our three down game let's go spread right fake spear play pass 16 counters e deep angle full back west right zoom full back left pass half back at zero z quick screen left on one right well, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been listed as eight and a half point favorites for the Labor Day rematch this Saturday at IG Field in Winnipeg. Should be a heated and fun contest. Our coverage begins at 11 with the pregame show kickoff 
at 2. The Rough Riders will have to play that game without Pete Robertson. He's been suspended one game for a headbutt on Bombers quarterback Zach Kalaros. Riders defensive coordinator Jason Chivers joined me on the sports cage to talk about it. And it's not the Marino 2.0, 3.0. I mean, headbutts happen throughout the game all the time. Guys always coming head to head. You know, it was Zach fell to the ground, so it may look a little more egregious than what it was. But yeah, it's part of the game, and it's a bad part of the game that you know we want to get get rid of both because of player safety. But you know, people make mistakes. He apologized. He's going to do his one. Um, he's going to take his one game suspension. I don't think he's going to appeal it. So um, that's showing accountability, and then we're going to move on and rolling to Winnipeg this week and get dubbed. That's very important to point out. I think people forget that these people, you included, you're not robots. That You're jacked up. You're if, if that guy's jacked up in section 142 and he's drinking beer and he's been ready to go all day, you guys are in front of 33,000 fans, some of them Bomber fans. This is the most hated rivalry. You guys have had a hell of a time trying to beat these guys recently for one uh, reason or another. Zach Kalaros run, gets hit by Derek Mon- Creep gets right up in his face, helmet to helmet, mini headbutt. There's lots of things said, uh, and there's lots of things fans don't see. So I just don't like one team being painted the villain. That's right. Playing football. Well said. You said it better than I could right there. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Time now for our Play Now picks with Ben Whiting. And uh, Ben, before we get to that, you're coaching the U of S Huskies. A big game against the University of Regina Rams coming up here, the home opener. What was that like as a as a uh, player running out of that dog's head and the Metallica pumping and it's a homecoming weekend? Uh, it's, I mean, it's a feeling that's pretty special. I mean, provincial rivalry, it's kind of an easy game to get up for. And you got people traveling from all over the province to uh, watch that game, so... Uh, especially at Griffiths, that uh, stadium gets pretty packed pretty quick, and uh, yeah, it's just a great atmosphere, uh, great for Saskatchewan football as well. It's really kind of like the Labor Day Classic, Labor Day rematch in the CFL in the sense that records do go out the window. I know it's important, the record's important, but it's just your it's your provincial rivals. Yeah, totally. Like I said, <clears throat> easy game to get excited for. Um, I know I'm just ready for kickoff at this point. It does get to the week uh, point of the week where you You've watched the film, you've practiced, you've talked, and it's time to start playing. I'm looking forward to Friday. For sure. So you've uh, you've been coaching here a bit now. So what does, does that uh, does that make you miss playing, or just gives you a different fuel now? Uh, not at all. I do not miss playing one bit. But I, I I I love football, and coaching is the exact thing that's able to tickle that itch. So it's uh, it's been pretty awesome being on the squad this year. Okay, so let's talk about the Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What a great game here. Rough Riders almost gave it away, but they found a way to get it done with their third starting quarterback, which I don't think can be stated enough. That's cool. Uh, they're eight-and-a-half-point dogs here on the road on Saturday. I get it. Winnipeg's great there. They've got great fans. It's very uh, an intimate stadium, but I think the Riders aren't getting enough respect, especially defensively. Yeah, that's that's pretty true, Mike, and it's definitely shown on the money line here. Uh, Riders are actually at four point oh, and then like you said, they're eight point five uh, plus eight point five in the point spread. So to me, they're not really accounting for everything that happened this past weekend. Obviously, the the Rough Riders close win, but uh, they were able to come out with it. But I, I like that line at eight point 
plus 8.5 for the Riders to cover. It, it's tough to beat a team twice in a row, uh, especially in professional football when there's just everyone scheming and that sort of thing. So I don't, I don't know. It's going to be close. That's essentially what I'm saying. I think a plus 8.5 spread in favor of the Rough Riders is a very appealing line at 1.9 odds too. So uh, I, I do think there's some meat on the bone there somebody chooses to pick that one yeah what are, what are what are these back-to-back games like back to back they're tricky i mean it, it's kind of the film kind of stays the same and and you kind of get sick of hitting the same player but uh as far as player goes uh i mean you get sick of you know hitting the same dudes uh <laughs> talking to the same dudes it gets a little bit more emotional and then and then teams have the time to scheme for certain players in certain games and certain teams so it's like playing a training camp. The defense gets really good at playing its own offense. The offense gets really good at playing its own defense. So there's a lot happening, and uh, and guys are getting pretty emotional too. Yeah, and you know you're you were a special teams guy in the CFL, and uh, I think the Riders. We're not talking enough about their special teams in the last game. They start the game with the onside kick, and uh, their return game was a lot better than Winnipeg's. That's for sure. Uh, and, th- and those are little intricacies that you can see too, like that opening kick with the onside. Absolutely love that, by the way. Um, that those are different little gadget plays that they'll be able to scheme up. So I'd look for a couple more of those um, this upcoming game. And honestly, uh, when I think about it out loud, I mean, just the way that Winnipeg is, the way they're coached, and the way that they scheme, I wouldn't be surprised if the first offensive play for Winnipeg was some sort of deep ball gadget a double move or something where guys are getting freed up and a big ball downfield to start the game. That's just what my gut's telling me. But, uh, yeah, yeah it, it, the, the return game, I mean, I just watched the tape again this morning, and it seems like anytime Alfred has the ball in his hands, he's gaining upwards of 10, 20 yards. So it's nice having an absolute weapon of returner in Alfred. And that's what Dickey always preaches. He wants his returners to at least get a first down, the equivalent of 10 yards when they return it. Okay, anything else in this game that you like? Is there anything else that jumps off the map at you? Yeah, so there's a total points over and under. It's actually at 48.0. Now, the last game went to overtime, and that uh, pushed it 32 uh, to 30. So that would cover. Honestly, I think this is going to happen again. Both both offenses are are firing on all cylinders. And like you said, third string quarterback Dol Gala there. I mean, he's he's playing like a starter. So I think it's going to be pretty high powered uh, offenses and kind of go back to a different uh, shootout type field. So I'm taking the over on this one. Um, if you've been listening to this segment week by week, oftentimes I'm wrong, so feel free to take the under, but I think it's going to be a shootout this weekend. I think you're above average. I've uh, kind of tracked it. So, <laughs> so Ben Whiting, uh, uh, early on we both were saying, no, nah, we're not touching the Edmonton Elks, but then they got in a bit of a roll. Let's be honest, they should have won their third game in a row, but they pulled an Edmonton Elks and found another way to blow it. Uh, I- I'm intrigued to see what you think this week with Edmonton. Yeah, that's exactly right. They pulled an Edmonton Elks. I mean, I'm slowly, slowly starting to give faith, and they've obviously caught lightning in a bottle with uh, Trey Ford. And, and the book actually shows that, too, at the money line here. Edmonton Elks, 1.76 to the Calgary Stampeders, 2.1. So the Elks are favored in this one. And like you said, emotional game. Uh, they found a way to lose it at the end. Edmonton has shown they're able to do. But I'm taking Edmonton this time. Like I said, it's hard to beat a team back-to-back games, and Edmonton's coming back home. So 
I think that they'll, uh, they got some pretty good odds in here. What I do start to worry about is just the durability of trade Ford. I don't know if I'm just a pessimist or what it is, but I, you're seeing it in trade Ford. You're seeing it, uh, even down south with Colorado there with, uh, that Travis Hunter. Like there's, there's only so much wear and tear a guy can take before he starts to break down. And it really worries me with running quarterbacks, how much punishment they're able to take before the wheels start falling off. So. Hopefully that's able to be sustainable for the rest of the season. Love seeing a Canadian quarterback. I think he's healthy enough right now to, to get the W this weekend. And so I'm taking the Edmonton out 1.6 money line. All right, Ben, uh, we usually do CFL, but hey, the NFL is big amongst my listeners, big everywhere. And I know we both like the NFL too, because we just, if, if it involves a football, we like it, right? So at playnow.com, tonight's the, uh, it's a great opener, Kansas City against Detroit. A lot of people are buying Detroit stock after they came back at the end of last year. I think they finished eight and nine, but they won like seven of their last eight games. And of course, the Chiefs are defending champs. They should be good on home turf, but they got, they don't have Chris Jones. He's out the D lineman, still in a contract holdout. And Travis Kelsey may or may not play, but if he does play, he won't be 100%. He's got that bone bruise in his knee. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I kind of like Detroit here. Yeah, me too. And for the reasons that you just said, obviously, this is on the Plano Sportsbook. The NFL kickoff, it's like Christmas 2.0 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a money line here. Detroit 2.85, and the city. 1.44, and like you said, just with all the distractions around the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm finding it hard not to take the Detroit Lions money line on this one. Um, and personally, I'm just a big fan of what Detroit's doing right now. Like Caps and people, we heard it all on Hard Knocks. I think they got a good culture. I love their head coach Dan Campbell. So maybe that's just anecdotal for betting, but I'm I'm riding with the Detroit Lions here. Yeah, sometimes you got to go with your gut, not analytics and tape watching, and I love that because that's what we're doing here because it's the first game of the year, and who cares about what you saw in the preseason. So, Ben, if people want to sign up, they want to get in on the CFL action or the NFL action or anything on the site because you can do any type of sport. There's casino games. How do they go about doing it? Absolutely. So all you got to go do is go to playnow.com. Hit the join button in the top right corner on your mobile device or desktop. And we actually just this week launched the Play Now Sports app. So if you have an iOS phone, Apple phone, go to the app store, download the app. You can join from there. Uh, from there, you just enter your personal information in four easy steps. Uh, enter your financial information so you can obviously deposit and play in your account. Um, and then you have access to over 500 different slot games, live dealers, um, RNG table games, and the playnow.com sportsbook. And we have a two different promotions for NFL kickoffs. So $5 deposit gets you a $20 football free bet. And we have weekly same game parlays for uh, the NFL season. So that's also a $5 deposit, get a $25 free bet, $20 free, $25 free bet. Uh, and then obviously, if you're gambling, we want to make sure we're making it fun uh, and, and when it's not harmful. So we always use the tagline, uh, must be 19 or older and use your game sense and make sure you're keeping gambling fun. Yeah, it's fun, man. Football's fun, both betting and when you're on the field coaching. Good luck this week against the Rams. Not too much luck because I'm in Regina, but uh, let's have a fun game there in Saskatoon too. Hey, I appreciate that, Mike. Thanks for having me on. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. 
Welcome back to the Sports Cage on this Thursday. We're into our uh, well into our second hour. Still to come on the show, we got Glenn Suter after 5.30. Here from Coach Craig Dickinson and John Ryan joins us after 5, talking NFL, talking this uh, back and forth between the Riders and Bombers, and he was in town for the President's Dinner. But, uh, hey, we always talk to this guy on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's our friend Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs. Brian, how are you? I'm doing great. Man, this is my favorite time of year. you got all the football in full swing. Uh, Pat's hockey firing up. We junior hockey in the area. you got the NHL on board. I mean, it's uh, NFL starts up tonight. It's pretty good. It is. Uh, yeah, it's a great time of year for sure. A lot of us have been wondering what to do all summer because of the, we go through that place where there's only baseball. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's only baseball. Then, then the CFL football. Now you got everything. Of course, we still got golf, and uh, we still got some great conditions too. I'm seeing the weather's going to be awesome here through the weekend. That's right. We're already taking bookings for the weekend, and uh, it's uh, it's looking like it's going to be really, really nice. The course is in great shape. We're looking forward to having a few folks out here on the weekend. And, uh, you know, our driving range, I was just up there a few minutes ago with another golfer, and uh, it's in great shape as well. So anybody who's looking at just practicing a little bit, and, uh, you know, I know it's getting late in the season, but still, a lot no. of want to come out and hit the ball. Yeah, for sure. So uh, here's the thing. The, the rider game is at uh, 2 o'clock our time, so you could get a, a nice early morning tea maybe squeeze in and uh, play around the golf and then go watch the riders win again. That's right. We're opening at 8 o'clock in the morning. We're already taking bookings for Saturday and Sunday, of course. And uh, I should also mention, uh, Michael, that on Monday, mm-hmm. our late twilight is going to start at 5 o'clock because, okay. of course, the days are getting a little shorter. We want to get people to get in at least nine holes anyways. So the, the, the new time for our late twilight is 5 o'clock. All right. If they want to get a hold of you, Brian, how do they do it? Give us a call at 306-543-5050, and you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Take care, man. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it. You too. That's Brian Raymond out of Flowing Springs. I'm in studio here with my friend uh, Blaine Wyland. We did this earlier, so let's do a little retake here. Uh, we should note tonight's uh, Thursday night game starts, I think, about 6.20 our time, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Yep. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. No Travis Kelsey's out with... Uh, some sort of knee injury, either bad bruise or hyperextended, no ligament damage. He wanted to play, but they're just going to err on the side of caution, as they should. Um, also, uh, Chris Jones not playing. He still doesn't have a contract signed. you got to be smiling like a butcher's dog that your guy, Nick Bosa, is back. Do you think he'll play much? He's not in game shape, let's be honest. I've been going back and forth. They say that he's going to be playing his regular uh, shift rotation. Mm. I think they're going to ease him back a little bit, but at the same time, yeah, he's Nick Bose. He's a big part of their how, team. Uh, how excited are you to uh, see how Brock Purdy will do in year two? And he opens up against a real tough defense. And this isn't an easy game for the Niners. Those West teams going East, that's an ever, like that's early morning for them. Yeah, it's a stiff test to start the season. I'm, I'm excited to see what Brock Purdy can do. A little nervous that he's coming off that elbow injury, but uh, you know, we kind of talked about it. They got a lot of stars in that offense. They got a lot of pieces that can help them out, and uh, starts off with uh, McCaffrey. I think he's going to be a thousand thousand this year. Nice. Who's the biggest surprise this year amongst NFL teams? If you had to give me one big surprise. Well, I kind of mentioned, I'll give you one from each conference I kind of mentioned before. Yeah. Carolina and Houston. Not saying Houston's going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to make some think noise. think Carolina's going to make the playoffs? They're going to be that 7th or 8th team. They're kind of, we were talking like Vikings, Panthers, hmm. kind of in there, I think. They're going to be knocking on the door, too, I think, this year. I think, I I'm, I believe that they're going to be contenders, especially in that weak division. See, I've picked the Chargers to win their division, and I actually th- picked the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Eagles. But 
So that would be a kind of a surprise, although I think the LA Chargers have one of the better rosters in the, uh, in the league, but it's always coaching and it's always injuries and they've got the 12th hardest schedule. So if I'm to pick a team that's going to be a surprise, the Browns. The Cleveland Browns, only because they're usually crappy. So I got the Browns in the AFC, and in the NFC, I kind of bought your narrative at the start of the show. Like, I think the Eagles will win their division, but I I, I think it could be a shocker. I think the Dallas Cowboys could rise up and do something this year. I just Not win a Super Bowl, but just kind of, I could see them playing for a conference championship game. I, I don't think Mike McCarthy's going to lead into playoff true. success. Eh? That's true. He's a terrible coach. Oh. He is a terrible coach. We're going to find out how bad, because some people, like I talked to Luke, who's a Dallas Cowboys fan, and he's like, oh, Kellen Moore sucks. You're not going to like him. So, but you hear other people say like he is going to be just money with with the Justin Herbert. That's why I'm picking Herbert to have a great year, and I actually think Herbert might be the MOP. But it's either going to be Kellen Moore was terrible, or Mike McCarthy's terrible. And I've seen enough of Mike McCarthy to know he's probably terrible. It's funny how much stock uh, Kellen Moore. It's- Kellen Moore's stock dropped because, of course, Jerry Jones told Mike McCarthy, you have to make Kellen Moore your offensive coordinator. Hmm. And then last year was kind of the standoff, and they went with Mike McCarthy in the end. And I think Kellen Moore's going to rebound. It's a good good rebound quarterback that he's got with Justin Herbert. I think he's going to bounce back as an offensive coordinator. It wouldn't surprise me that he's in the head coaching mix next year. Maybe we could have a rematch. 49ers-Chargers Super Bowl well, let's hope from it. back in Miami. Let's hope history repeats itself in that one. Hey, shut up. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk a little bit about the Riders' injury. Report here while we can. Nelson Lacombo questionable with the knee. He was he didn't play last week. Uh, they got a dash by their injury. That means they're most likely they're play- going to play yeah, right. Yeah. So Albert Awachi fullback knee looks like he's good. C.J. Rivas good. Thomas Bertrand Houdon good. Though he has an illness. Uh, Herdman Reed is out with a quad injury. Uh, Colin Kelly out with a knee. Jaden Dalkey out with a knee. Evan Johnson out with his foot. Uh, Mason Fine was working out but won't play with the hamstring still. Philip Blake will be eligible to come back next week. Godfrey Anyek is still out with the peck. Jake Winicky a healthy scratch. Frankie Hickson illness. Would you call Jake Winicky a bust? At this point, I don't know what else he can at this point. I think I think he's a great man. I think he was talented back in the day. I thought he would have been one of the nice signings by the Riders for 167000 or whatever it was, but it just hasn't panned out. Like, he can't get... It's funny. You lose your job to injury sometimes. You just can't get back on the roster. Ask Trey Lance about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I, and, you know, I wonder how much of the fact that Trevor Harris went down and that connection, kind of, he lost that connection, and then he, he was battling his own injuries. And Jared Stern is just, he's taken the job and run with it in terms yeah. of the other slot back. He's looked good. Tevin Jones has looked good. Uh, Sean Bain Sean Jr. Bain Jr.'s looked good. You got KSB back. KSB's back. Yeah. So um, it's hard to get. And Sam Emlis has taken yep. another step. Although, that was probably, Emlis made some catches, but that was probably. Probably his worst game of the year. If he catches that one right at the start of the game, right? Yeah, that deep pass from Dolagala, who didn't throw well deep, but did that in that particular play right after the short kick. Oh, the place would have went nuts. Absolutely yes. nuts if they would have scored a touchdown on the first play after yeah. that short kickoff. Yeah. How, what's your feeling about this game? How are you feeling about it? I've... I, <sighs> I'll tell you what, the in the fact that we're walking a tightrope against the fired up team, like a tightrope on the offensive line, the Bombers are favored by eight and a half, and I think that's probably, or at least they were last I saw, that's probably pretty accurate. 
Like, I'm expecting a Bombers win, but I think the Riders will keep it close. I agree. I think it's going to be closer than what what everyone's expecting. I think a lot of people are expecting the Winnipeg to come in and just clean them up. And I think the Riders are going to put up a fight this week. I think it's going to be closer than expected. Probably leaning towards the Bombers picking up the win, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer. Okay, so the CFL and CFLPA issue a joint statement in regards to air quality. If you followed the action... Uh, Labor Day Monday in Calgary, it was just downright smoky there, like uh, just as bad as we had it, only their game was earlier in the day. And apparently the CFLPA, one of the players pulled off the field, but uh, it didn't happen. So now an independent third party will be brought in to test air quality and provide measurements in real time. Any measurement above an air quality index of seven will prevent or halt play. My question is this, Blaine, how are they ever going to play games? Like, I'm serious. And the CFL, I'm all for player safety, okay? I really am. But how are they going to play games? We don't have a lot of indoor stadiums in this league. We're not flush with cash. You can't just cancel Labor Day games. What, are you going to give back refunds? Some people travel. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not that easy in the CFL. And you can factor in television crews, because if they would have moved the Rough Rider game on Sunday, a lot of that crew was working on Monday in Calgary. It's a good point. So the CFL PA needs to be a little flexible here with this uh, and be a... Do I say good partner? Be a understanding partner in this. I know it's their health on the line. I totally get that. But we're not the NFL. We have two, two viable indoor stadiums. The Big O and BC. Are you going to play all your games there? Because this fire thing isn't going away. In fact, it's getting worse. Like it's earlier in the year. Uh, we might have, we might have, we're towards fall here. So maybe we'll be okay. But wow. That's going to be a very interesting development to uh, follow. That'll do it for this hour of the Sports Cage. We got our uh, news coming up with Corey Atkinson coming on the other side. Regina football royalty, Super Bowl champ, John Ryan. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Show is brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. You can go down there tonight and watch the uh, season opening game between Kansas City and um, the Detroit Lions. No Travis Kelsey in the lineup. They got all the sports you can handle under one roof. This guy's played in some big NFL games, the biggest of them all, a couple years in a row. That'd be John Ryan joining us. He's in town. You were at the uh, U of R uh, President's Dinner yesterday with your lovely uh, wife, Sarah Colonna. How was that? Oh, it was great. It was uh, always great to be uh, back in Regina. I actually caught the earlier flight, so I'm back in L.A. already. Oh, okay. Uh, always good to be back in Regina, and uh, I think we raised some good money for all the uh, athletic programs that you are. Okay, good. What, what's it like to uh, come home every time you come home? Uh, it, it's always great for, for so many reasons, to be able to see all the friends and family again. Obviously, that's uh, at the top of the agenda every time, but to be able to go back to U of R and be in a position to be able to give back and uh, help them raise some money and uh, also, you know, to bring my wife with me, and I, you know, I get that a lot now. I have people ask if I'll, I'll come speak at the dinner or whatever. They're like, "Oh yeah, can you uh, bring your wife with you? Can you uh, maybe bring her?" You know, uh, they really bury the lead with that one. They, yeah. I, I know now who they actually want. They, I know who they actually want to be there, and uh, you know, they think they just if I if I they get me, she'll tag along. So yeah, is that, uh, I know what they're up to. Is that pretty humbling? Oh, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's great. I, I rather, I rather her take the attention off me. So yeah. that's, uh, that's where I'm at. Hey, uh, you. I can't remember how many how many season opening games did you play in? Like the 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 game to start the season. 
I can only remember one. Yeah, I after your was, Super Bowl? Uh, I think it was, yeah, I think we played uh, San Fran at home. Uh, it was it was a pretty memorable game to be able to, to play in that game. You know, kind of the, the spotlight game to kick off the entire season. Uh, I remember uh, kicking their butts pretty good, which is also uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a special game to be able to play in. So uh, it is. Uh, it's like a Monday. Like I'm taking listeners down to watch uh, uh, the Dolphins and the Titans uh, Monday Night Football in December. It really has that big time feel when you're the only game, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, when you're the only game on TV at that time, it's uh, it, it's special. Uh, you know, I, I've played a lot of uh, Thursday night games and you know Monday night games and the Sunday night games and Thanksgiving games and all those games are always special when you're you're the only team playing. And there's always the the most memorable games for me. So, is there any team or or player you're uh, you think is going to be a surprise or you're eager to watch this year, John? Oh, I think there's the same you know the same cast of characters with uh, you know Mahomes, uh, Allen, and uh, Herbert, and uh, in the LA's other team, the San Diego Chargers of LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to watch all those three guys. Uh, right now, I don't know if there's any kind of dark horse. I think after watching Hard Knocks, I want to. I want to. I'm excited to watch Aaron Rodgers again, which I can uh, say for a little bit. Uh, but I think that someone something's going to emerge here in the first couple of weeks where they're going to kind of. Uh, you know, a guy's going to come out of nowhere and kind of take over the storyline. So we'll see. So let me, uh, I think Justin Herbert's going to be the most outstanding player, the MVP this year. And I think the Chargers are going to uh, play in the Super Bowl. That's my prediction. I think they knock off Kansas City in the AFC West. Am I crazy? <laughs> of, of course you're crazy. And of course you know, that's your prediction. But no, I, that's a, that's kind of a team I really like. You know, they're obviously it's a tough, tough uh, conference with uh, the, the Bills, Casey. Uh, and then the Chargers as well. Uh, I think a lot of people wouldn't put the Chargers in the top two with those other teams there, but I think they really, really have a good chance. The Bengals. I'm not just saying that because I'm your friend, but yeah. <laughs> I think you. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't even talked about the Bengals yet. Yeah. I mean, that, there's just some. And, you know, the common denominator on those teams is a, young, a really good young quarterback. And so it's just going to be so fun to watch because these guys, those four quarterbacks, should be there for the next 10 years. You know, we, we could be watching this uh, unfold for a decade. I don't really, I don't want to cheer for him. Uh, because he's their quarterback, but Deshaun Watson and the uh, the Browns are kind of an interesting team. They've got a pretty good team around him. Yeah, that's actually kind of the game I circled this week with them playing the Bengals. Would be pretty pretty interesting. Uh, the Bengals are favored by a couple points uh, going into Cleveland. Uh, yeah, it'll be a good game, and you know you, you hate to cheer for the guy because uh, he's a you know a POS. Yeah, um, but you know it'll be interesting how see how that plays out. Yeah, so I, I actually have the Browns winning that game. It's on home turf, and, and you know some team always is a kryptonite of another team. The Browns are kind of the Bengals kryptonite. They are for some reason. Burrow can't. Bur- Burrow has the uh, the numbers of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. It seems like, and I think he's like one in five or one in four mm-hmm. against the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's absolutely crazy. The I saw that this week. I couldn't believe it. So. Uh, We'll see, but it's a, you wouldn't you wouldn't have thought it. Uh, you know, circling this game on your calendar a couple of years ago, but now it's uh, going to be prime time TV. It'll be good. I had this one circled this week too: the Forty ers at the Steelers. Nick Bosa's back. I don't yeah. know how much he's going to play, but you know, Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, uh, he turns a bunch of heads, and now he's the starting quarterback once again, coming off that sh- uh, surgery in the off season. But he's got a very tough test in week one. Like I got the Steelers winning this one in an upset. It's tough going into Pittsburgh. You know, I think uh, San Fran's the, the better team. It's going to be interesting to see how Purdy comes off uh, off that injury, off that surgery, see how he comes back. Um, 
you know, I hope it's not a Cinderella situation. I hope I hope he can be a good quarterback for a long time. I hope it wasn't a one-year fluke. But uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that game too. It's as a, another another one of those games you wouldn't have thought you were uh, highlighting on the schedule, but uh, it could be a very good game. Are you buying Detroit Lions stock? Like, are you into them as much as everybody else seems to be? Not really. I think they're I think they're a solid team. I think they're an eight or nine win team. Uh, I don't think they're going to uh, blow anyone away. Uh, they're not going to win twelve or thirteen games, but you know, I think they're they're, they're a solid eight or nine win team. I think Russell Wilson's done. I don't think he's the Russell Wilson you played with in Seattle. What do you think? Do you think Peyton can turn him around there? He told him this week, quit worrying about kissing all the effing babies. At, you're not running for public office. Yeah, yeah that's not uh, might not be a bad thing for Russ to hear. You know, he he wants to. Uh, he wants to keep everyone happy, and sometimes he's got to maybe be a little bit more of a prick. You know, I, I hate mm-hmm. to say it, but you know, he's, he's the, the nice guy. Sometimes I think he needs to step up and kind of, uh, you know, yell at some guys and say, "I'm putting this team on my shoulders. Come along or get off." Uh, you know, I think that uh, when when Russ was winning all those games in Seattle, uh, I thought he probably got a little bit too much credit, and I think now he take a little bit too much blame, and that's just the the what happens when you're a quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really hope he has a, has a great season. He's a comeback player of the year. He goes to the Pro Bowl and does all that stuff. Uh, but we'll see. So it's, it, it, it definitely go either way. But if it goes back uh, early on, it's going to go uh, really bad. You, uh, you know, come week four or five, if they're one and three or oh and four, mm-hmm. it, uh, he can be out of there. You were with him in very successful times. Obviously, you got a, a Super Bowl ring to show for it. But I've heard this narrative. He's, he's more worried about his... Like he's disconnected a lot from his teammates, and he tries. He's kind of a fake leader, and by that I mean he tries to like put on a persona that he's a leader, but he's more disconnected. Would that be accurate from what you can remember? Yeah, I, I think I think to a certain level, every quarterback in the NFL, every successful quarterback, is a little bit disconnected from the team. You know, whether they want to be or not, they're just such massive stars. Uh, they they're, they're there so many hours a day. The media is taking up so much of their time that uh, they're on kind of another level than the other 52 guys in the roster, and that's just the way it is. So I think to a certain degree, even if they're not aware of it, they're a little bit disconnected to the rest of the team. And I think uh, when you start losing, that kind of gets escalated, and you know people start talking about how he has his own office and how he has his nutrition list, how he has his own quarterback coach, and all that stuff kind of gets brushed under the rug when you're winning. But when you start losing, all of a sudden guys are like, well, why do you have five employees in the building and you're, you're going you know three and 14 or whatever? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what what gives there? You know, when you're when you're going when you're going fourteen and three, no one cares about those five employees that you have <laughs> driving you in your Rolls Royce every day to work. You know, they they just brush them. No one cares when you're winning, but when you're losing, it really gets uh, you know elevated, and that's what happened last year with him. Okay, I got to ask you this: The Ringer did a top uh, top quarterback ranking, and in the, in, the, in the top twenty behind they had they had Dak Prescott at eight, they had Jalen Hurts at ten, which I can't believe. And at number 11, ahead of a bunch of other guys, including Kirk Cousins and, and, and players like that, they had Tom Brady with the Raiders because he's a part owner of the Raiders. They still think he's going to come back. <laughs> isn't that isn't that like just crazy? He, he's he's done. He's done. Uh, you know, I think he, by the by the end when he was 45, there I think you could see that it wasn't it wasn't quite there anymore. He's already moved on to a new supermodel girlfriend. He's already moved on to that. It looks like he's having a great time in retirement. I see all these these pictures on TMZ and all these other places. Yeah. 
Uh, I think he's very happy in retirement, what it seems like, and he definitely put in his time. He deserves to, you know, go off with the next supermodel he sees and do whatever. I love how you have that disdain in your voice for him. I love that. That's great. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I, 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 as if you didn't want to go across the sidelines and punch him out when he was jumping up and down there like yeah. a little schoolgirl when they were lucky uh, yeah. to win that Super Bowl, right? Yeah, the disdain definitely comes with uh, you know a lot of respect. You know, I have a ton of respect for him. I think he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and I hate him so much. Yeah, he's not the greatest though. Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I would agree with you on that one. Yeah, and but the greatest football player of all time is Jerry Rice. And I'm not even a 49ers fan. Jerry oh. Jerry Rice is the greatest football player of all time. When you think about it, Jr., think about how many times a receiver touches the ball, and he is the all-time touchdowns leader, and it's not even close. Yeah, he, he had the longevity too. I always respect the guys with longevity. You know, yeah. guys uh, guys like Barry Sanders, who I absolutely loved watching. You know, he didn't have that longevity. You know, he bowed out, which is which is fine. Uh, but I always really respect the guys that really play right into the bitter end and squeeze every last drop a little bit like Jerry Rice did. I mean, he was playing for the he was playing for the Seahawks by the end of his yeah. career. You know, no one even even remembers that. But that's how long he played. Dude, Jake Dolagala of the Rough Riders is our third quarterback, and we've beaten BC and Winnipeg. Can the Riders go in and beat the Bombers? Like this is this is an unbelievable story right now. Yeah, no, I, I hope they can. I'll tell you the one of the hardest games that I've ever played, and I've done it two times is uh, playing Labor Day, and especially on a win, and then trying to go back to Winnipeg the very next week and win that game. Uh, we, 2019, we played a really tight game with them. We ended up winning the game with a lot of their field goals to win it. And we went back to Winnipeg, and we got our butts kicked. And the same, same thing in 2021. We got our butts kicked there. It's one of the toughest games to come back from, is that Labor Day going back into their place. It's going to be packed. Uh, if he can do that, I mean, get the parade ready, because uh, Regina, he'll be the... the the favorite son of Regina, for sure. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, Pete Robertson deserved that one-game suspension for the headbutt, but Zach Kalaros deserves an Oscar. And man, did he did he <laughs> did he did he ever get the CFL to take his cheese after calling out the league and basically forcing their hand to get Pete Robertson suspended? Because I say that they we are already into almost like the week starts tomorrow, and they haven't even handed out the supplemental discipline or fines for anybody else for the rest of the week. That's crazy. It's crazy, but you know you got to protect the quarterbacks. You know it's it's just like the NFL. You got guys in the CFL making sixty five grand. You have a quarterback who just signed a three year one point eight million dollar contract. You know, you know there's a lot of you know there's a big gap between those guys. And uh, you know if uh, some uh, random Canadian middle linebacker gets butt headed or head butted in the face, uh, I don't think anyone even notices. Uh, if uh, <laughs> one of the stars of the league, Zach Polaris, does, it's uh, it's going to get noticed really quickly. So uh, that's just the, the way football works. Yeah, I don't like it, but you're right. Anyway, uh, John, th- <laughs> th- thanks for your time. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Take care. Take care. That's John Ryan who came into town raising money for the University of Regina's uh, President's Dinner. When we come back, we're going to uh, hear from Coach Craig Dickinson. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Just ahead of our 530 News and a chat with Stefan Ensign. We're going to catch up with... uh, Coach Craig Dickinson, we call this the presser playback from just after practice around Blaine Weiland, who's sitting across me right now, all decked out in his 49er gear, was at practice today to be in the scrum to interview Coach Dickinson. We don't know. Uh, he didn't practice today, so we're 
uh, cautiously optimistic, but you know, it's a foot. Um, it's going to be about pain tolerance. We'll see. What about Jaden Dalgie? He had a pretty good limp when he was Yeah, Jaden, same deal. I mean, we haven't got the f for, for, for sure uh, information on his knee, but he's a little sore still. We're hoping he practiced today, but I would say questionable. What, what have you seen from this offense over the past few weeks kind of evolve after facing, uh, well, another good defense here, but after facing two great defenses already? Yeah, I just think they're starting to get a, a good rhythm together. I see the timing is getting better. Feels like they're starting to understand uh, what each other's doing, getting on the same page. So anytime you can dress the same guys, Britain, uh, week in, week out, it helps you. So I just feel like the awesome, the offense has got a little more rhythm. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but has there been one thing this season that has really impressed you that you really weren't expecting or, or haven't really preached, but, but that has stood out? Just the work ethic, Taylor, I think, because, um, you know, I come in fairly early. I'm not the first guy in here, but there's players here when I come in almost every day. You know, you'll see Larry in here watching film. The quarterbacks are usually getting together at some point. Uh, Justin Herdman reads, lifting weights. This is at 6.30 in the morning, so... I think that's the thing that I've been most impressed with and really enjoyed most is seeing all the all the players that really want to be here and really uh, enjoy being in the locker room and at work and, and show up early and stay late. Because that's something you can't really coach. Mm -mm. You need to have the buy-in. That's right, and you can't mandate it. You know, we have certain rules. We got four and a half. We can go, and so we strict. You know, we stick to that very strictly. And these guys just show up and and put in extra work, which is a credit to them. Craig, what's your thoughts on the name, the Banjo Bowl? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I, I know there's a story behind it. Uh, I, I like the Labor Day rematch personally better. So, uh, But whatever, you know, if it sells tickets, that's fine. In terms of replacing Robertson's spot on defense, do you feel you're going to have to rely on a rotation? Or do you think it's Yeah, a it'll guys? take a rotation. Uh, you know, we'll dress a new player, we, whether it be uh, Cody Roscoe or Christian Albright. We're still deciding that, but we'll dress one of those two uh, to take his spot. Then we'll need, uh, you know, the Canadians to step in. We'll need Daly to step in and play a little bit and Lake Corte Moore to play. Coach, it makes it so hard to win the back end of this whole game. Well, they're a really good team, first off. And... and you know, you can win a few games on emotion, and I think this game is a very emotional game for both teams, but especially for them. So I know they're going to come out fast, and they're, they're really well coached, so they're going to make some corrections. Uh, and it's a tough environment to play in, so lot, lots of factors that make it tough. If Dalkey can't go, will Jackson Ford start at safety? Yes. Craig, your average margin of victory this season is 2.8888 points. How stressful? Does this get? Or Better have a good stuff? field goal kicker. <laughs> hey, we practice a lot of situational football here, Rob, as you've seen, and uh, we feel confident that if it comes down to the last drive, either either on a defensive stop or or counting on the offensive uh, line to get us get us field position get and get in range, we can we can score. So we'll take it. We'd like to win by more, but you know the main thing is is we want to execute and be on the on the positive side of that score at the end of the day. When, when it happens and those close games are consistently pulled out, does it come down to intangibles as much as anything? Yep, intangibles, football IQ is a big part of it, and just a never-say-die attitude, which I think we have. That's Coach Craig Dickinson after practice. And so uh, from the time he talked to our Blaine Weiland and the other reporters, the injury report came out, so he was referencing Evan Johnson. We don't know. Well, we do know now he's out. 
and Jaden Dalkey is out. So the Riders don't have Colin Kelly or Evan Johnson or Jaden Dalkey. So you see Jackson Ford. You'll see C.J. Revis in that spot in center field. You could even see Derek Moncrief go to center field safety and C.J. Revis down in the box. There's a bunch of different combinations they can use depending on what Canadians they use on the D-line on defense for the uh, ratio. But yeah, in the Riders old line I was asked by Dave Smith, who's the next man up. Well, here it is. You got your center, Peter Godber. Your guards are... Uh, Logan Furlan and Logan Bandy. Your tackles are Lofton and Council. And your backup, I haven't seen a depth chart, but it's going to be Charbel DeBeer, who is always listed as 99 and 57 on the depth chart. 57 for the offensive line, 99 for the D-line. Although I wonder, like when quarterbacks like um, Teddy Bridgewater can wear number 50 in the NFL, why can't DeBeer wear number 99 on the O-line? Like It doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason now, but uh, he's he'll be 57 if he's on the O-line. If we have Charbel DeBeer playing on the offensive line in this game, you better duck Jake Dolagala, and even ducking won't help you because you're 6'7". This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Ticker brought to you by Busy B. They'll repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy B Doors, the garage door specialist. The NFL Thursday night kickoff game in Kansas City. The Chiefs against the Lions. Chiefs tight end. Travis Kelsey out with a knee injury. It's either a hyperextended knee or a deep bone bruise, but uh, he won't play in today's football game. Um... And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the Thunder here coming up. That's your uh, sports ticker. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. As we get set to head out on that Western Pizza Hotline, back into the fall routine, take the night off and let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. Joining us is our friend Stefan Ensign, the offensive coordinator of the undefeated Regina Thunder. They've been undefeated in the regular season since October 19th. Uh, what, 2019, I believe, is what it was because there was no 2020 season, and they've been rolling the last two years. It's outstanding, man! You guys are on a roll. Yeah, I mean, it, never a bad, never a bad thing to be undefeated that for that long. That's for sure. COVID maybe put a little bump in the middle there, stopped a few games, but uh, it's good to get going again, and it's going to be a big test this week. Yeah, we'll talk about that game in a second. It's a grudge match, or it always is when the rival uh, team is coming to town. What uh? What's your assessment of the offense so far through the first three games? Um, we're we're doing well. I mean, the 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 points are good. We're definitely not upset with with how we've been scoring, but um, we have some work to do. I think it's all coaches think the same way. We keep looking at the tape and 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 what we've been doing and see that there's there's room for improvement. Which actually, to be honest, that's a good thing. I don't think you want to be hitting on all cylinders. You know, week one, you want to have a slow build to to where you need to be but we, we like what we see we have some new players in new positions and um, they're responding to 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 what we're asking them to do which is great the Boston kid Isaiah Woodley also practicing with the Riders have you noticed a big difference with him uh, you know and, and what he's picked up at the pro game certainly like the way he runs routes you can just see that um, there's quite a bit more attention to detail at the top of the stem and and with uh, certain ways that he's getting in and out of his breaks but not just that it's it's his understanding of the Canadian game I mean it is a big difference he's coming from Boston you know he playing with a waggle CFL football different coverages extra guys all those all those kind of things and and what I'm noticing out of him is 
I'll give you an example. Just this week, he's sending me a message with, hey, like, will this work? Will this work? Like, he's just kind of more engaged. Not that he wasn't engaged before, but just really engaged in our offense and and, and what he thinks might work. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to the – um, to the work that he's putting with the riders and what the riders are doing to to help him um, get where he needs to be. Uh, it starts with the quarterback, though. You got a new one here, Carter Moberg. I think the Swift Current kid. How's he look so far, in your opinion? Great kid. He's he's really talented, and he's he's answering all the all the all the challenges that we've been asking him to do. He's got the right temperament. He's certainly got the physical talent. Um, but he cares and, and he works hard and, and uh, you know, we're taking it game at a time with him, but uh, we keep asking him to do more each week and he keeps responding. So we like that. I like that temperament uh, comment because I've noticed I, get the, I was uh, early on watching the rifle game here threw a couple of balls he probably shouldn't have or would like back, but it didn't phase him at all. That's exactly it. In fact, uh, I'm, not that you're, you're never happy when that happens, but you kind of are when you really see it, you get to see a, a test of what, you know of what his resiliency is like because uh, when we talk about this all the time there's no there's no easy you know cakewalk we're not just going to roll through everybody and and have a simple simple year you're going to make mistakes you're going to fumble you're going to uh, turn the ball over something's going to happen and it's it's how you're able to kind of pick yourself up dust yourself off and keep going and he has that he is not just not just how he responded on the field but listening to how he's talking on the sidelines and how he's engaging with other guys like he's not a he's not a hang your head kind of guy mopey you know and and I don't think your quarterback can be. I think when you have that, that's a reflection of your team. And, and we're lucky that uh, that's not his temperament. That's a good point. Okay, lastly, uh, Stefan Ensign, what do, you, what do you see on tape from the Saskatoon Hilltops? They're good. Um, they're probably the most talented team they've had in the last few years, just athletically top to bottom. They've really improved their their defensive line specifically. They got a bunch of athletes that are big, strong, and fast, um, and and tough, and want to make plays. And we know what we're we're getting into with these guys. They have we've had some success against them the last few years. And and Sarge and and the rest of the players that have been there, they've been working hard to to come to come get us. Is is really what it is. And uh, we're going to be ready to respond. Do you like being chased, or do you like chasing? Yeah, I I think I like being chased. <laughs> like, Do you have to have a different mentality, uh, though? Do you have to have a different mentality there? Uh, you, yeah, you know what? I think the mentality is better. It's a confidence. Um, and that's what's really changed with the Thunder uh, over the last, you know, four or five years when it used to be, you know, we're happy to be in a close game with them. We we have an expectation that we're going to come out and perform and do well, and that's that's where we want to be. And it starts at the top down. It's, you know, it's Murad and it's Scott and it's, it's our quarterbacks and, and our defensive captains and our, you know, just the, the whole team. It's, it's making sure that we're confident. We're not, we're not arrogant. Uh, I think this team that we're playing against is excellent and, and it, it should be a great football game, but, but we're not going in there thinking that we're going to get pushed around. That's certainly not, not our mindset. Thanks for your time, man. Best of luck on Saturday. No worries. Appreciate it. Take care. That's Stefan Anson of the Regina Thunder Offensive Coordinator. Catch up with Glenn Suter on the other side. Calling all diehard fans. The Rough Rider and Children's Hospital Foundation's Lottery early bonus deadline is midnight tomorrow. Score big with the ultimate fan tailgate prize, a GMC Sierra and Rider season tickets, or take 85000 cash. There's over 1,000 prizes, including 10 grand prizes, and your best chance to win $1 million. Hurry, the early bonus deadline is midnight tomorrow. Help Saskatchewan kids. Get your tickets at riderschildrenslottery.ca. Lottery license LR230030. Please play responsibly. 
every time Saskatchewan gets in second and long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. And just before we get to Glenn Suter, we do want to mention that that Thunder game with the Hilltops set for 7 o'clock at Mosaic Stadium. So they're not at Liable. They're at Mosaic. 7 o'clock on Saturday. Both teams are 3-0. and So you can watch the Riders Bombers Slugfest and then go watch some live football after that. Pats are in preseason action tomorrow, by the way, against the uh, Brandon Wheat Kings here in Regina. We'll have Dante DiCaria on the show as I'll be coming to you live from Winnipeg. All right, let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline on this show brought to you by the Canadian Brewers. This segment, by the way, we got lots of sponsors brought to you by Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan to serve you. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. You were in town here recently, not only for the game, but for that uh, great uh, gala at the Royal Regina with our own Ryan Pollock uh, setting it up there, a celebration of the 2013 team. I know the Riders in October are going to have that team go into the plaza they announced the first round of guys that are coming, but you were on the stage with Labatt, Getzlaff, Hughes, I think, and it was a Darian Duran. Is that right? Does that ring a bell? Am I right there? Yeah, no, Weston, Weston Dressler, oh, Darian West, Duran. Weston, yeah. Yeah, Get, Getzlaff and Brendan Labatt, and uh, it was a fantastic night. Michael, um, Ryan Pollock did a, a great job at Royal Regina. There was a packed house, and you know, we told stories, and they were very open and honest. The the players and Durant about, you know, just the roller coaster a little bit that a season is. No matter what your year is, there's ups and downs and lots of challenges, and and sometimes the fans are with you, and sometimes they're angry with you. We've made the comparison many times. Of it's sort of like the relationship you have with your kids. You absolutely love them and would do almost anything for them, and at the same time. Sometimes they frustrate you to no end. So, you know, it was just a, it was just a great night, and uh, it was great to sort of catch up with Darian Durant, who, who by the way, uh, looks like he could still play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, he kind of went through a little down cycle. He wasn't. Uh, he was kind of bitter at football. He told me when he was on the show and uh, didn't return a lot of texts or phone calls from anybody. Kind of went awol. But then he came back here for an event at the Ag in Motion and saw everybody. Uh, you know that he was still loved and respected here. And uh, yeah, I, I uh, I'm happy to see him uh, uh, re-embracing Saskatchewan, so to speak. Well, and I and I think about it, and you think about the great quarterbacks. And by the way, I'm I'm okay with always leaving the late Rod Lancaster's voice on the intro for this segment because <laughs> every time every time I hear it, I just pay homage almost yep. to not only him as as a player, but a football man, but also as a great color analyst uh, for CBC. But you know, when you think of the great quarterbacks, and he's one of them. You know, I think you have to put Durant in in rider history. I mean, you have to put Durant in the conversation. You have to put him in the top three, four quarterbacks in the history of the game. And you know, I I know that at times the fans were frustrated with him, especially late in the process. But you know what he brought and that run in 2013, that was the best quarterback run through the playoffs in Grey Cup I've ever seen in my time in the league. Hmm. Well. I mean, so 
Sometimes when you stay too long in a place, people just get tired of you. I mean, I think I think uh, I've been victim to that. I know you've been victim to that. I know Ron Lancaster got booed his last game in Saskatchewan. Darian Durant's been booed. So it's just kind of the nature of <clears throat> being in the public eye. Uh, you know, you talk about the roller coaster season. Uh, I mean, if you were to tell Ryder fans that uh, QB1 is going to go down early and your season is not going to go in the toilet and you're now into the last seven games of the year and you're very much in the Grey Cup mix. Like, I'll tell you what, after the Rough Riders beat the Blue Bombers right now, I did a power ranking, and power rankings are the one time, Glenn, where you can be prisoner of the moment. You can't tell. I, I, I can make a very strong argument that it's Toronto and then the second best team right now in the CFL is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I can make a very strong argument for that. Yeah, I think you can. And, and it is in the moment. It's a week to week. And that's why those rankings often you'll see teams move up or down in the rankings. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's too bad that over the last couple of days, lost in what has been two fantastic wins for the Riders. And, and we're not talking about it. We're not talking about how composed Jake Dolagala looked in, in what was it? Start number three for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, start number three and he goes to overtime and throws a wide side out for the two point karma to win. And with that pressure on Labor Day, again, I, I just, I was, I'm not, I know when fans, when I say that, they often say, oh, here goes Studer putting the guy in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. after three starts. No, I, I am not doing any such thing. And he's got a long way to go and a long journey ahead of him. But for a guy in start three to show that much composure against an excellent defense, I mean, that's Willie Jefferson and um, Big Hill and Jackson Jeffcoat. And, you know, that's those guys. And he just moved it up and down the field. He hasn't turned the ball over. And the Riders have beat the Lions and the Bombers back-to-back. And their room is – I had a great Zoom with the guys today. Their, their room is supremely confident, and it should be, that they can beat anybody in the league. So uh, with a guy in start three, uh, that's outstanding. Uh, Blaine and I kind of ranked the quarterbacks here uh, that are actually playing right now, okay? So I, I'm going to back up what you said. At number nine, I got Taylor Powell. At number nine, he, or number eight, he started well, but Dustin Crum, I have at eight. He's kind of come back down. I, they need Ottawa needs a big game from him uh, to kind of rescue their season, which I feel bad for Red Black fans because it's just not happening for them. Uh, at seven or six, depending on the day, I got a coin flip here, and I think if you had to ask me, if you held a gun to my head, I said I I probably picked Trey Ford, so I got Cody at seven, Trey Ford at six, Jake Mayer at five, Jake Dolagala at four, Vernon Adams at three, and then it's a coin flip again. I I probably would pick Zach Kalaros for a one, once again a one game showdown, but Chad Kelly's right there, so Jake Dolagala's right in the middle of the starting quarterbacks right now, and that's yeah, and that's crazy. He's in his fourth start here. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's that's what I mean about that composure. And, you know, I always ask the veteran quarterbacks on our Zoom calls, and today it was with Zach Kolaris, and we also talked to Jake, but I asked the veteran quarterbacks to look at some of the younger guys and just, you know, take your opponent hat off for a second and just sort of tell me what you see in these young guys. And there was great respect from Zach Kolaris when watching Jake Dalagala when he was on the sideline and just saying, 
you know, he's got a live arm. He said his accuracy on the wide side throws to the outs and to the sideline, mm-hmm. outstanding and really impressive. So, you know, that that's what I think is most important to a player when he's in the moment is to have the respect of your teammates and your opponent. And Jake is already earning that. So, yeah, I think we've, we've kind of lost it. We had to cover this story, of course, and all of the different things that have happened there with Pete Robertson and, and Zach Kolaris. But... Let's let's put that aside now because it's all that's all settled basically, and and talk about this rider team that is on a roll, has great confidence, and is in the conversation as top four team in the league. And right now, guys, or Michael, I was thinking guys because I always think that Zinger is listening in and might jump in at times. Mm. That's why I know playing there tonight, but um, I I think that right now every single team has a playoff opportunity. And we are, you know, getting deep into the season here. Now, it's a longer shot for Edmonton, obviously. Ottawa, I agree with you. they got to get a better performance out of Crum, and they've, they've got to figure out a way, but that's a longer shot. But every team right now is still fighting and have control of fighting for a playoff spot. So... Uh, I, I don't think you could ask for much more. No, you can't. We'll continue our conversation with Glenn Suter's press coverage for Quality Tire on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage Quality Tire, the sponsor of this segment, press coverage with Glenn Suter. Suits, the uh, CFL-CFLPA issuing a joint statement in regards to air quality. After that calgary Evanston game, the PA wanted the players pulled off. Obviously, they weren't. The game went on. So now an independent third party will be brought in to test air quality and provide measurements in real time. An above uh, air quality index of seven will prevent or halt play before we get into that uh did you know were you surprised you went on with the game there um it was no not really because the reports we were getting was that it was uh, it was playable and Mm. you could smell it you could smell it you could see the smoke but uh you know this is this is the reality of life in canada now and and not only in Canada, but um we're gonna have to figure out a way to deal with this and well, that's what I'm saying. Here, here's where I was going with yeah. this, Glenn. It, 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 we've always had wildfires, but they seem to be, um, I don't know if they're more severe, but they, they are earlier in the year, and maybe they will last longer, too. So, I mean, I, I would hope that the CFLPA, and I'm all for player safety. That's paramount. I really am. But I would hope they're going to work pretty flexible with the CFL because this isn't a league, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot. It's a tricky situation to cancel and move games. Like for instance, that rider game would have been moved just TV alone. Like Blaine was saying earlier, you were, you're there. Now you got to race to Calgary. Like there's a whole bunch of dominoes that got to fall. So we all got to work together and be realistic about this. Oh, listen, it'll be very expensive. If a game has to be canceled and rescheduled, it'll be very expensive. Like, um, you know, and that's that's something that everybody wants to avoid. Uh, there, there's got to be limits, though. There is a safety issue. I mean, there's a, a point where uh, you can't, you shouldn't go outside. I mean, just citizens alone, mm. and it's not just play. It's not just players, though, Michael. It's the fans. Yeah, that's too. true. The fans sitting in the building can't be exposed to a certain level either. So, um, you know, I in the big big picture, and I, you know, we never get political. 
I'd love to hear one government official say we are working on building a huge manufacturing plant in Canada to put billions of dollars into building water bombers so we are prepared for this as, as life goes on here because it's not going away and have like selling them to the states for millions and creating thousands and thousands of jobs. I'd love to hear one politician have some kind of plan for this in the future. That's my rant. I'll move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's true, though. We talk a lot of, we do talk a lot of, we hear a lot of environmental talk uh, out of both sides of everybody's mouth, but nobody ever really comes up with a plan. It's true. Yeah, yeah. So, so hopefully there's something in the works there that won't affect us in the next year or two. Um, I, I hope, I'd like to see more details of this, this, this decision between the PA and the league. Because um, are the tests going to happen in and around the buildings or they happen at Environment Canada at a different office? Um, I know that they say the level is seven. I'm not sure exactly the scientific, you know, formula to get there, but it's seven is the cutoff. Um, How many hours will you wait to see if it drops to a, a level? Yeah. Uh, before players, all of those details have to be fleshed out. So I'll, as soon as I get them, I'll make sure our listeners get them. Well, yeah, and and, and like so, for instance, at the Riders uh, Stadium, it's it's the most state of the art stadium. They have their own weather uh, indicators and weather equipment there. So so yeah, you might look on your phone for at the Weather Network or Environment Canada, and something's totally different, and it wasn't updated since three. These guys have up to the second updates, and. You know, uh, it, it said 11 before the game. I'm like, holy cow, we canceled the green and white game in Saskatoon when it was 7. We had took two series, now it was it. Shook hands, signed autographs, we're gone. But also, you're not, you know, you don't have the sponsors, you don't have the TV. It's, there's so many things that go into this, so it'll be interesting. I hope I hope we can just get through the end of the season here and then have a, have a whole offseason to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that would be ideal. Let's cross our fingers on that. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, and again, thank the guys and girls that are out there fighting these fires for us and protecting homes and property and saving lives because yeah. that kind of gets lost in these discussions. Hey, we should tip our cap to Evan Johnson. He barely got through that game. The Riders were up against it after losing Colin Kelly, and now Evan Johnson's out with a foot injury. We don't know how bad it is, but just that alone, he deserved a game ball that he got after the game. So the Riders, that's the thing going into this one. They're eight and a half point dogs. Uh, I think that's probably pretty. Pretty uh, accurate in terms of the betting because uh, I mean they're walking a tightrope here. It's going to be a slobber knocker of a game, and they really don't have many backups along that offensive line. Yeah, that's that's going to be a challenge. It's a good D line that they're playing against. Uh, you know, some of the experience that Bandy got early will help him now because he had to be he was playing before probably he was you know comfortable. And, you know, I, I think one of the underrated parts of this rider offense is their receiving core. And, you know, talking to guys on our panel at TSN and others, when you go around the league and you just talk receiving cores in general, you know, obviously Winnipeg comes up and BC comes up. But I think the underrated one is, is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with endless emergence. And we're not, you know, Schaefer Baker was not utilized a ton in the last one, but could be this next one and Bain and Jones. Outstanding. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to see a great game. The the offenses are, uh, for Saskatchewan is definitely going to ha- have to handle crowd noise. You know that. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, they've been pumping it in all uh, all week. But a funny thing is, you can't you can't you can't mimic what you're going to get in Winnipeg. So uh, that'll be a big test for Jake Dolagala. Uh, I think a lot more people will be buying Jake the Snake stock if he can come up with a victory on the road in Winnipeg because that's going to be the toughest game he faces this year in terms of the elements and everything like that. Yeah, and you know what else I'd, I'd also like to mention, too? Kelly Jeffrey mm-hmm. using Jamal Morrow out of the backfield as a receiver more. I, I thought that was real interesting in Labor Day, especially that sort of, I used to call it the jet route, where he gets out of the backfield and goes straight down the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that that big play, get down to the goal line. Um, using him in that way, you know, that's that's an interesting new twist. Yeah, and it's just that, you know, you talk about the lack of a running game, but when you can have a running back get out of the backfield like that, some of them swing passes, it's it's almost like a stretch handoff, uh, you know, a pseudo handoff, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely, and it it can create an explosion. And that's the other thing I, you know, I was impressed with Jake Dolagallo when he told us last week in our Zoom heading into the Labor Day game, he said one of the things he wanted to work on was his the short throws this little swing passes to the back and having that ball be placed a little bit better so the back doesn't have to slow down or turn his body to catch it he can catch it while facing the opponent and he did that and i talked to him today about it again and i said good for you to emphasize something in practice and then have it actually you know show up in the game because he was he was very good at that in mm-hmm. the game and that's where moro came in Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you on the weekend. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Take care. That's Glenn Suter joining us for press coverage. That'll do it for our time here. The show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can uh, check it out in podcast form after. And, uh, yeah, Thursday Night Football. We'll be talking about that tomorrow. How's that game going to turn out tonight? Chiefs and the Lions. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.